World Championship Wrestling. Brains lose at Uncensored. Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko get face-to-face -face in a U.S. title match. A past rivalry is rekindled when Glacier confronts his foe, Mortis. It's Psychosis versus the Ultimate Dragon. Scotty Riggs is in a strap match with Buck Bagwell. Then a tornado match has Public Enemy flying to fend off Harlem Heat. Prince Ayakea will try to take the tarnish off his newly acquired cruiserweight belt. And Roddy Piper accepts help from the four horsemen when they face both the NWOT and Team WCW comprised of the Giant, Lex Luger, and the Steiners to determine the future fate of WCW in this three-team match. It's all uncensored. WCW's third annual uncensored is off and on the air. You are looking live in Charleston, South Carolina, the Low Country, on the East Coast of South Carolina. Except for you fans at home. So good to have you with us, everyone, along with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. I'm Tony Chavati, and Dusty Rhodes tonight, Rowdy Roddy Piper teams with members of the Horsemen. If they have the last man standing later on, Piper's going to get a cage match down the road with Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Tony, there's so much for the NWO to lose in this uncensored. We have come to expect the unexpected if you will from uncensored it will be unexpected tonight what will rodman play in this great game of chess played by the nwo we will find out tonight bobby the brain he said rodman dennis rodman is here although he is not scheduled to be a member of this four-man nwo team remember if wcw has the last man standing the nwo tonight at this event must give back all their title belts including hogan's belt as well including Six's belt and the World Tag Team Championship and they can't wrestle for 36 months. Well they're really with their back against the wall and Hogan knows it. Bischoff's been suspended by WCW uh, uh, President of Turner Sports Dr. Harvey Schiller. There's so many things going on right now. Hogan's back is against the wall. So is every member of the NWO. With Dennis Rodman here in the building this is uncensored. Who knows what's going to go on? Just watch your back. Some very bizarre rules for the main event. Of course, this is always a very bizarre night. We've had some of the most memorable events take place during the month of March in Uncensored, and we're going to bring you all of that here tonight. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And welcome back, Patrick. You had a week or two off, and... Uh, I took a week off as well. We finally we've had some major life changes. Major life changes, but we're we're back on the straight and narrow. We're good. It's just it's been a rough, rocky month and a half for us, and so we you know eat life events for both of us that we had to somewhat alter schedules for real quick. And uh, but we're back. We are good. We're here. We're going to bring you what we always have brought you. Everything's good yeah, to go. Yeah, a free podcast that probably well, isn't worth the cost of that. But I've had fans actually come up or message me and be like, hey, Jason Tick actually asked me. He's like, man, are y'all, you know, what's up? What's going on? He did one by himself and I haven't seen you like what, life events, you know, but we're good. We're good. I, I promised him we would record today. This isn't our primary job, obviously. We have other things that we do. That... Well, but also life events kind of stood in the way of our weekends for the past 
like I said, a month and a half. It's not just that. I mean, you can go back and listen to our archive. It's uh, If you listen to just the wrestling review, which I try to keep time codes on, if you just want to hear the pay-per-view review, those are evergreen. Those, I mean, these pay-per-views are old. That's why it's the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's, it's not like those are going to be dated. The news and stuff will probably be dated. That might be fun to go back and listen to to hear how wrong I am about stuff or how... Right I am. Yeah, well, or about predictions about things that either came true or didn't come to pass or whatever. So I think I encourage everybody to go through our archives. We have almost 200 episodes now. Uh, just from the last, I mean, we started in 2016, so we're almost three years, just past three years into this thing. So, yeah. And we were doing it weekly for a long while with very few breaks, so yeah. uh, there's plenty to go back and listen to at RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. Before we get into the news this week, you wanted to go on a uh, Jim Cornette Bite This wrestling rant. I do. I want to I wanna do a 60 seconds here. It's ridiculous to pay someone $5 million for a two-minute match over in Saudi Arabia, especially seeing as how no one over there fucking knows who he is. Moving on to number two, AEW has been off to a great start, but has failed miserably at the past couple of weeks' shows. This past week, they picked up the pace a little bit. They've got to get their shit together, or they're going to lose quite a bit of fans in a very quick fashion. Number three, NXT having to fly up in there and save the day for WWE. Screwed over Fox, talked a bunch of shit, and all you've done is screw over the fans. Get your shit together, WWE. Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling has come through time and time again. They are a credible show, Ring of Honor, and WOW, and New Japan is off the charts. As of right now, I would much rather watch what people are considering the low-ball, second-rate shows when I would much rather deal with them over the bullshit and the crappy-ass stuff that we're getting on weekly television. And as for NWA, they are about a month in now, and it has been phenomenal. This is my opinion. We can discuss it more in depth right now, but I just wanted to throw that out there. No, you were absolutely correct about NWA. It's very rare that you bring back uh, an opinion about something and that I'm just going to be on board. And I was very skeptical. I'm very skeptical at the idea that the NWA would produce a decent television show without a television deal. I mean, this is a YouTube show, a Facebook show that was filmed at Georgia Public Television's studios. So I had my doubts going into it, but it's edited very seamlessly. It's less than an hour or an hour around there on YouTube and Facebook. Tuesdays at 6.05, but you can watch the replay anytime you want to. I like it because it cuts all the filler out. It gets down to business. It gets down to the nitty-gritty to quote Scott Rogowski, my favorite favorite HQ trivia host. But it, it doesn't... There's no fluff to it. It no. just... It breezes by. It doesn't feel like a chore where a three-hour Raw, a two-hour SmackDown, even a two-hour Dynamite or NXT might feel like a chore at times. Cuts are so quick, it's smashed in your face. Get to the match, get to an interview, and keep going. And There's no time to to drag and so i i'm only two episodes in i'm actually two episodes behind now by the time we're hearing this i'll probably be three episodes behind but the first two episodes that i watched i really enjoyed and um seeing you in the crowd i really uh 
enjoyed as well because you are a, a Tim Storm fucking Mark and uh, dude, Tim I Storm love Mark. Tim Storm. He's a great friend, and I think he put on one hell of a fucking match. And I was buying into this. I literally bought into the fact this motherfucker's gonna win the title. No, you you bit the uh, finish uh, tease when he hit his finisher to Nick Aldis. Yes. Of those people, because that's one great thing about the show is that the entire crowd is on camera, basically, and you you had very good seats. So I see him do that, and you had been pretty calm throughout this first episode's taping and because I noticed even when other people were standing up and like marking out for certain things you were pretty calm you were yeah. pretty re- reserved yes. and you know uh, but it, when he hit that finisher you were the one to, to jump up and bite the finish yes and, and you were visibly pissed off when he yes not. I was like son of a fucking bitch seriously yeah the storyline with him you know no, no longer being able to get a, a title shot and now he's in the tag division or whatever. It's, I thought that was a very good, like season long storyline yes. that they put into place. And yes. their December tapings have already sold out. The pay per view has not sold out. I don't think tickets have gone on sale for that yet. But their December tapings have already sold out. This was the most talked about thing to happen in pro wrestling as far as television after that first week of October when. You had AEW and NXT debuting, but... The Rock tweeted out about this, that he watched the first episode and was blown away and want to congratulate everyone involved because it was one of the most remarkable things of bringing classic to new age and reminded him of when he started in Memphis. Even the commercial breaks that are thrown in there, I mean, a couple of them are real and then a couple of them aren't, but they're still produced in that same 80s style and... Oh, Austin um, Idol's fucking hilarious in his wrestling school. Yeah, this past week was uh, hair cream. It was invisible hair cream. Yes. was one of the commercials. So, uh, but the Austin Idol commercial is is pretty funny, and that yeah, that's been in a few episodes now. And that's a real wrestling school. It is. Though. That's a real but commercial. He, so. he he does it so well in character and so over the top that it makes you just crack up laughing. Yeah, I've been really surprised at how much i enjoyed it but like i said it, it's 60 minutes uh very well edited yes. very well put together has a great theme song has a great motif about it that they put together so out of the last month of pro wrestling it's been the thing that i actually enjoyed probably the most out of what i've seen because the other stuff the the new Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown on Fox, Raw and USA with the new commentary teams, new sets, and the new AEW on TNT with some old favorites like Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross and uh, the the AEW offerings. Like I said, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't change their set, that it's the same set that they've used. And also, the first episode, it was good first episode, but it didn't get me hooked to want to come back every single week and... That's what we talk about all the time on this podcast, is generating new wrestling fans. And I don't think AEW is generating new wrestling no. fans. I think they're taking what's already available. And, like, they are winning against NXT on Wednesday nights. But they're splitting that 2.5 million, 2.2 million, whatever that, that number is, that average wrestling audience. It seems like they're just splitting it. Yeah. And, and not generating new fans. And so... 
I think it's important for them, especially, and not WWE, because WWE's money is in TV rights deals, to generate new fans, and I just think that they need to look into that and not... Um, there there was, a, there was a couple weeks there, right out of the gate. The first one was, I mean, it was what it was. It was great for, for what it was. Um, second week, it was a little iffy. Third, let me down. This past week, I uh, I enjoyed it. Picked back up. We got new tag champs. We have uh, we had the Young Bucks plus Kenny Omega in a six man, and uh, that was one hell of a fucking match. By the way, literally. Yeah, John was, Moxley had a very good promo. Yes. Like it by by it, every standard, I think they put on a good wrestling show this past week. This past week, I think was the best show yet. So they're making a turn. But they gotta keep on that, man, because I it it kind of bothered me because you were you're not hitting top class at right out of the gate. You're hitting middle, but it's the first show I can let it slide. You drop down on the second, third, bottomed out. You've picked it back up. You're up. You're heading towards the the mountain again, but you gotta stay on that grind up. And they got man, they got to. If not, then a year, two years, and I'm saying we're gonna be talking about them like we were talking about impact uh, i hate saying that but because i love the thought of AEW, and i love the build because we've got a lot of we've got a dusty feel as we're building towards the pay-per-view with cody and with jericho and by the way dustin the fucking drop on the car and then the head smash in the back did you happen to see that no. Holy shit, his head dented the back fender of this entire car. I He had to have had a concussion. It was that ugly. I know Dustin suffered like a broken wrist or something. I don't know what he got that from, but I know that it he was, was on... from that assault. He, I, they dropped, they picked him up and dropped him on the corner on the back fender of a car and not only dropped him on it, but also... Then, as he's laying there holding his wrist or his arm, because it's literally fractured, they grab his head and slam it into that and dented the fucking fender with his head. It was extremely graphic. It had it had the it had the dusty feel of the four horsemen tying him up. They followed him down the road, tied him up, and you know broke his arm. It had that 80s feel, but it was very, very graphic and the just very unique. But I, like I said, they're on the upward, you know, grind. Let's keep it going. Um, I know my old uh, nemesis, uh, QT Marshall, is, uh, or QT Marshall, as he's known in AEW, got some work on AEW Dark against Dustin and then got some work on the main show. So he's a producer now for AEW, so... A guy I've been on the ring with was on TNT on well, cable I mean, television. You know, he is a rival of yours, and I think you uh, might want to call him out and say, "Listen, buddy, we got to talk." He unfriended me basically following our feud. So, ah, oh, damn. Yeah, that's cold. That's cold. cold. Well, You're feuding Ring of Honor with him. Yeah, that that one week feud. Uh, so, what else uh, is on your mind in the world of pro wrestling? I think that. You fucked your fans over by bringing in somebody that nobody in the entire world is going to know in Saudi Arabia, and you pay him $5 million to do a two-minute match, and to lose was absolutely ridiculous, and I 
flat out just cannot stand the fact of it. I didn't watch. I'm I'm not. I am not going to watch the Crown Jewels or any other shit they do over there. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I'm not. And so I'm aware of the result though, and I know what you're yeah, speaking. Yeah, I'm about. aware of the result and that's all that's what I'm going off of. And I think that it is it's just it's ridiculously stupid to have done that and it was a waste because you had something that you could have kept building towards and you fucked it right out of the gate and I just don't get why I don't I it makes no logical sense it wasn't for the title oh it was for the title oh it was for the title the title was on the line okay then have have a fuck up finish have a fuck finish Nobody in Saudi Arabia is going to give a shit. They don't even know who he is. Yeah, Cain Velasquez, uh, the former mixed martial arts fighter who was actually doing some pro wrestling with uh, AAA and got to work. I think he still has one more date with them that the uh, WWE is going to let him work. So he. You, you bring up AAA, it, it wants. Uh, I want to throw this out there. A couple weeks ago, because we haven't recorded this happened, um, La Parca suffered a very serious injury suicide dive outside where his head smashed into the railing snapping his neck back and basically broke vertebrae in his neck and broke his neck he was rushed to the hospital they did uh, emergency surgery and that was the last that has been heard of the status in which he is at uh, we, we definitely want to wish him well because that is a very scary situation and one that could definitely have been a lot worse, if not worse than it already is, because uh, we don't know paralysis, we don't know any of that. And there's no serious updates that I have seen come out. And I don't have... Yeah, the last I heard that he was still in ICU, and uh, that that's the last I heard about LaParca's injury in AAA. But... Um... So, Cain Velasquez was brought in not because of his wrestling background, but because of his MMA background, because he was uh, the first guy... I mean, Brock had been defeated before, but he was the first guy to just destroy Brock Lesnar in UFC. And so, he's brought back as Cain Velasquez, the MMA fighter, and so they gave him this match in Saudi Arabia, and yeah, it was a two-minute-something match where Brock ended up winning with a Kimura... But it was very much styled after Brock's first UFC match where he was submitted in a very similar fashion where he dominated. Like, it Kane was, got some strikes in, but he tapped out. I want to compare it to Hogan. It was Brock being like, well, I can't, I can't have that two times in a row. And to earn my credibility back, I've got to smash him. I've got to completely just... It makes no sense about trying to keep a story going because they could have fuck the finish they could have been building and building and building and this could have been a wrestlemania match that holy shit this motherfucker i think it still might be i think part of the reason it was booked that way is to vince saying to outsiders uh to mma fans like oh yeah you think you're so tough you're a real fighter or whatever oh you're in a wrestling ring now we're look what we can do with you and I think it was a way to try to say that our guys are tougher than MMA guys or something. I, I That's the way I read the, the booking. I, I still think it can be a WrestleMania program because, like I mentioned, Kane is, is training in 
Lucha Libre. Like, he can do Hurricane Ranas and stuff. And, and the yeah. fact that Rey Mysterio is his manager, basically, at this time, gives me the impression that that's what he's going to break out when he actually does beat Brock Lesnar because that's what I expected to see in that Saudi Arabia match is that Brock was training for an MMA fighter but he got a Lucha Libre star and I think down the road they can still get to that. I don't understand the logic in booking it at all if yeah if if you're just gonna have Brock beat him in two minutes but yeah wins and losses don't matter there anymore and also they've you could have kept it going like these sons of bitches have so much fucking heat that they fight and they just they're going and they're going and they roll out of the ring and they fight and it's a double count out like these and just nothing you can't it, they just keep going and well especially people because have to pull them apart it's like listen the heat is still there that a match couldn't even contain it and you can build off of that there was so many ways of going around this instead of just doing a squash match that's it in my opinion normal wrestling logic is you served him up and he lost not only did he lose he lost in a huge fashion he's it's not credible that he's gonna you know i'm not buying into that shit that wrestling logic that's it so they've got to do some serious stuff to improve in the aspect of whether or not people are going to buy into it now because why would i want to you you've You've served it up, and that was it. Right, that's why I say they've got... If they intend to get there to WrestleMania, they're going to have to really build up Cain Velasquez or show, like, training montages and show different sides of him uh, to, yeah, rebuild him when, yeah, you're right, they didn't have to do it at all. Uh, when they... On that same card in Saudi Arabia, Crown Jewel or Crown Royal, whatever it's called, they they gave a universal title match with a finish later on, so it wasn't like you were going to have two non-finishes. So, right. Especially knowing the finish of the universal title match, just give them a decent match, or give them a fuck finish on the er- earlier title match, and yeah. it's not a big deal because you're still getting satisfied later on with, yeah. with the universal title match. Yeah. So, And then what happened on SmackDown is that Raw got Brock Lesnar back. He said... I'm done with SmackDown. I'm going to go to Raw because I need to get my revenge on Rey Mysterio, even though he beat Rey Mysterio's ass and his son's ass a few weeks ago. So Yeah, I don't get that. Exa- I don't exactly know what he needs revenge on, but it really, all of this really, to me, underscores how much of a fool Kofi Kingston looks like because Kofi Kingston now doesn't get his chance at redemption. He was in a tag match with Big E at the Saudi Arabia show, and now he's not even on the same brand with the guy that took his belt from him. So, it just, to me, it's just baffling. Well, it Uh, makes no sense now because you have the WWE and the Universal title on Raw. Well, no, uh, they had shipped Bray to SmackDown in the draft. So, SmackDown technically had both champions on Friday, heading into Friday. Uh... Crown Jewel was on Thursday and SmackDown was so on Bray Friday. So Bray won the title. He did, yes. Bray Wyatt, uh, the Fiend. We don't know if they're going to try to split these personalities up to where Bray doesn't know that he's the champion and the Fiend so does. So they, they fucked us over here. Helena Selly gave totally fucked American fans over and to me coming off of that was the Sunday after the first Smackdown on Fox and stuff to me you needed the finish then to carry the momentum but they didn't do it then and they did it this time so 
Yeah, they fi- they finally gave the fiend the belt after for for fans that don't really give a shit. Well, yeah, for fans that uh, well, there was a lot going on with the Saudi Arabia pay per view. They they finally got their women's match on, which I saw a lot of people on Twitter. This it really aggravates me that the people on Twitter that were like, "Oh, this is just amazing." This is yeah, I I give the performer like, "Oh, that's nice that Natalia." And Lacey Evans, they get this honor. That's that's fine. Good for them. But at the end of the day, they're still taking they're still taking money from Saudi Arabia, which they're in full body suits. They're not even in their right. They're in full. So you can't respect them as 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 what they are because you're having to be you're having to treat them in a different fashion than you're treating anybody else. You're taking money from from Saudi Arabia a government in which we as a country have zero tolerance for well we actually do a lot of business with them as a country country to country but they have very sketchy policies about how they treat uh women minorities gays blacks whatever whatever it is they have very they have a very bad track record of social equality over there anyway but yeah if if those wrestlers wore bodysuits all the time, wrestlers should be able to wear what they want no matter where they go or whatever. Right. But it really irritated me because I saw fans on Twitter saying, oh, what, you wanted women's wrestling over here, and now you got it, and you're still complaining. I'm like, yeah, because I don't like this idea of baby steps and this, oh, well, you have to you have to take small steps, and that, that leads to progress. No, this is the, the prince over there, MBS... The, the prince decided we will have a women's wrestling match with two, a Canadian and a former Marine, two white people, basically, and they will dress like this, and we will do this to show the world, oh, we're progressing, we're not, we're not evil or whatever. It's all propaganda. It's right. propaganda masked as progress. Because here's what I think, this Baby Steps bullshit is, is exactly that, bullshit. You ask anybody in professional wrestling, you want to break through that glass ceiling. There is no baby steps. You want to bust up through there. And if you ask Stone Cold Steve Austin, he has numerous times said, don't just work your way up. If you have an opportunity, kick through, bust through that glass ceiling, grab what's yours. This was that opportunity. Natalia, Lacey Evans could have went out there in their normal gear, said, fuck you, well, done, that would have been very dangerous. Done their, done their stuff and been done with it. But no, we got to do baby steps because we're this and because we're that. I, I consider it a slap in the face. You're you're giving us what we say we want, but yet not really. Yeah. Why yeah. are you restricting these women from being what they are, but yet, oh, but we're giving you what you... No, you're not. Yeah, it's not progress if we said, oh, we're going to have... We're gonna have two African American wrestlers wrestle, but they're gonna they're gonna have to wear gorilla suits or something yeah. like that. Some some sort some of her, her. but but at least you got two black wrestlers wrestling. What's your problem? Why are yeah. you complaining? Something That's, horrific and racist or whatever. Yeah, it, it makes zero sense whatsoever to have that happen and for that to be happening whatsoever it just i'm repeating myself because it aggravates the piss out of me natalia is one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time she's a very good wrestler she she has built and worked with every woman in that company to progress and make them what they are today 
She is the backbone of the women's. She's been there almost twelve years. At yeah, this rate. of the women's, of the women's professional wrestling group in WWE, she is the backbone. Everyone has somewhat, some way gone through her. Now, I say that to say this: Lacey Evans is a Marine. Lacey Evans is an American. She's a very proud Marine. She has busted her ass to get where she has gotten. And I respect the hell out of her. And I enjoy her gimmick. I love everything about her. She is great. Not a very good wrestler. <laughs> well. She's got a long way to go. She hasn't been at you it 12 res- years. You restrict, when you're restricting a Marine from being able to do what they want to do, had that been anybody else, I'm pretty sure they would have said, had a few choice words with you. Well, there's some wrestlers on the roster like that, Things that totally go like, oh, okay, well, they're letting two women wrestle. Okay, well, they still won't let Sami Zayn come over because he's from he was born in Syria, even though he's lived in Canada for most of his life. Right. Like, at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, we're making so much inroads with, with this one match. No, we're not. We're the, this put, is just... Put, put your Here's what WWE needed to do. Put your fucking foot down, say, listen, you want us over there, then you're going to get what we give. You're going to take our product. You're, you're going to gonna... take our product the way we 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 produce our product, and that's that. Don't cry, don't bend, don't curve, don't. Well, we're gonna we're gonna slide. There's no fucking word WWE can use to try to properly make this sound good. Either give them the same content you give us, or fuck them. Well, yeah. Period. I mean, yeah, if you're not going to present the product as it's usually presented, then you're getting a lesser product anyway. And that's with and that's with but that everyone. Well, that's that comes with, down to any product's integrity like That's with Kevin Owens, that's with Sami Zayn, that's with the women's wrestling, that's with everyone involved 1000%. That should not be a oh, well, okay, we're going to you asked us. We didn't come to you. You came to us wanting us to do a show over there. Okay? If you come to me, that means you want what we do. Don't right. restrict what we do. Because if you're restricting me from doing what you want us to do, then... Well, I- it's it's just about money over integrity, which is why they, why they did the deal. They said, okay, we'll take... This hundred million something dollar deal, and we'll yeah we'll do whatever you tell us to, and it, I mean people have to make that that call for themselves in everyday life. Like I, I've worked for companies that they did things that I hated, but I had to still you know provide for my family and stuff. And I'm not saying that's the case with billionaire Vince McMahon, but he said I'll take this money for my company and sell some of our morals down the river, whatever morals. And, or even and, left. So, and that right there, a lot of people have a problem with, and that's why he is in the situation he is in now. Quarterly earnings report, which came out towards the end of October, I think maybe the day before Crown Jewel or, or the day after. Um, so they didn't get paid for Super Showdown earlier this year, so they no. didn't get that money, and they went ahead and did Crown Jewel, and Vince. Uh, this is all just rumors because I really the story's still being pieced together while we're recording. But 
So Vince, out of spite, decided to, in Saudi Arabia, tape delay the show an hour so it didn't start on time for local Saudi Arabian markets. And then what he did was he gathered up his crew and his the performers that were close to him, like Brock Lesnar, Heyman, Stephanie, whoever else was involved in the upper tier. They left Crown Jewel early and got on a plane and flew back to the United States because he still wanted his crew to be back in the U.S. to do SmackDown on Friday, him included. But the corporate and the upper tier superstars all got out of Saudi Arabia at like two or three o'clock their time during Crown Jewel. And then the other superstars, the the vast majority of them, were screwed because then... They're uh, stuck there. They were stuck there because they had a different plane. And then when the kingdom of Saudi Arabia got wind that Vince did this, they decided to make them pawns in, in this game, basically, and said... Oh, we can't let you take off from the airplane. Your plane has mechanical trouble, in quotation marks and stuff. So those performers were stuck in Saudi Arabia an extra day, missed SmackDown, and then they had to make all the readjustments to SmackDown by bringing in NXT superstars and stuff. And all those superstars, including elderly superstars like Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, were stuck there an extra day and had to fly back on a charter jet. Here's here's my thing, and I I I'm gonna throw it out there, and I don't give a fuck who I piss off in the process. If I was working for WWE, okay, and they asked me, I, I don't give a damn if I'm a referee. I don't give a damn if I'm a fucking janitor. If I'm on the ring crew, if I'm an announcer, if I'm a worker, if I'm a wrestler, I don't lighting sound. I don't give a shit what I'm doing. You come to me and say, hey, we're going over there. You know me personally, and you know how much of a proud American and how respectful I am of this country, as well as our city in general. There is no way in hell I would look them square in the eye and say no. And if they fired me, I would take that as a compliment because I stood up for my morals and I walked away having said what I said and doing what I did. Well, uh, the fact that they sold their self out over money is disgusting, it's disrespectful, and it's a slap in the face of every American in this country. And I have a fucking problem with it. Yeah, well, and if they don't get paid for that last show, and if they don't get paid for this show, this might be the end of that relationship between the WWE and them the performers i understand that is like part of me is like when they got stuck over there for the next day or whatever part yeah. of me is like well you took blood money basically yeah. i hate to describe it like that is like yeah you but i but i sort of understand where they're coming from because they've got families they're not a billionaire like Vince McMahon who has the power to make decisions and just say, you know, no or whatever. Right. And wrestlers that could make that decision, like Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn, who was not allowed there anyway, they stayed in the country and they got to work SmackDown that Friday. Yeah. So, like, Daniel Bryan, oh, it's because he's married to Abella and he's on this level or whatever. Some of those wrestlers that were stuck over there weren't in, they're not in a position to say no. Yeah. Because even though we brought this up a couple episodes ago, even if you say no, they're not going to release you. They might just put you on the bench and give you your downside 
and just, I mean, maybe... And at that particular point in time, I would gladly take it. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to social media and I'm going to blast the piss out of them (laughs) and call them out on it. Because at the end of the day, like I said, I don't care if I'm working as a fucking ring crew, if I'm working on the set, sound, lighting, anything. I don't care if I'm fucking John Cena, if I'm all the way down to Joe the handyman that's putting together the set. You come to me and you're going to a country, a foreign country that this country, this country, the United States has a problem with. We may do business with them to a degree, but it is a serious problem. We have a serious problem and their track record proves that they have a problem with us. I'm not going. Fuck you. I'm not going. And if you have a problem with that, then you go out there and you tell your fans that. And I have no problem telling them that as well. Yeah, well, it's it, like I said, I just I do have sympathy because a wrestler that's uh, not they they were forced to go over there and, and ring crew and stuff like that, announcers, commentators, they people. don't get a choice. They don't get. I mean, everybody. That's what I'm saying. Everybody has a choice. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you have a choice. You have but. a choice. But, like you're saying, not everybody has the situation because Zack Ryder. <laughs> Zack Ryder has to go. <laughs> yes. He's not going to show up on AEW. Let's be straight up honest about this. Right, I like yeah. Zack. He's a great guy. Don't particularly care for his wrestling style. Titus O'Neil needs to show up over there. Needs to show up over there. It's not like he has other places and other avenues to go because they're not really going to give a shit about him. But with that being said, it's sad that WWE puts those people in that position. In that yeah. position. Yeah, and a lot of them, after they got delayed for a day, like Rusev and stuff, and other wrestlers have tweeted out, like, I never want to go back. I'm not going back. Like, this has made a big mistake. And so. Yeah. I, they've learned it the hard way now yeah. after being delayed for a day and a half or whatever it was. But yeah, it's you, your company shouldn't put you in a position like no. Oh, uh, I don't know a good example. Like if my company it, said, "Hey, we killed somebody the other night. We need you to clean up the murder scene." I put it like this. <laughs> well, yes, but I put it like this. You know stories of indie wrestlers. Indie shows happening. The promoter grabs the money and heads out the back door. Common. Halfway halfway through the fucking show. Tell me the difference between that and Vince McMahon leaving before the show's over and heading to the U.S. And leaving his crew high and dry back over there. There's not a fucking difference one. No, there's there's really not. I mean, that's like old school. Vince... I got into the mind of like a 30 year old promoter instead yeah. of a, a nearly 80 year old promoter that yeah. knows better yeah, and that knows that had he been around he could have at least gotten them out of the country at the very least because he's got the power to do that Yeah, but yeah it was a terrible situation uh, between the WWE and Saudi Arabia for this crown jewel event so we'll see going forward if this continues if they ever get paid for their events it was very to me. It's stupid of them to have run the second event after not receiving you didn't payment. Get paid for the, the first one. So did they get paid for this one? We'll see. We'll have to wait and see. I guess not. I don't know. We, you don't know until those quarterly earnings reports because 
It's not like Vince is going to tweet out, uh, waiting on my check, boys, or whatever. But Call him out. Even just, I, I don't even run a, a multi-billion dollar wrestling corporation, but if I did, I mean, even in my personal life, if, if I hired an exterminator to come by, he didn't show up, and then he wanted his $100. If you're a wrestler, you work a show, you didn't get paid for that show. Chances of you coming back. Are not happening. Or you're really fucking stupid. Yeah, like like really, some of the ECW guys back in the day. Or really desperate, but, yeah. Yeah. These WWE's not desperate, like you said. WWE's not desperate, so there was no sense for them to do this. They could have easily pulled the event and said, Listen, you hadn't paid us for the first one, why the hell am I coming back over there? Yeah, and Until we're not extending me. we're not a credit card company. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I think it's extremely stupid. Uh, there's so many negatives about this that I have bit my tongue on and we've tiptoed around it, but in the past when we talked about it, when they started this whole fucking deal. And I, I'm at the point in time now where I'm not tiptoeing around it and I don't give a fuck who I offend in the process. No, and the only reason that I keep the network around is for the archives. It's yeah. not for... If it wasn't for the archive access, I would have canceled over this deal, honestly. That's how strongly I, I feel about it. And I'm the same way. I'm the exact same fucking way. I keep it for the archives. I keep it for the fact of we do use it as well as other avenues to put on this podcast. And I think that it is something respectful that we need to do for our fans of this podcast. And because I enjoy the past legendary historic it's a lot easier than content. trying to dig through 50 DVDs to find what you want to watch but at the same time this is wrong and it should not have happened to begin with two years ago yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good way to summarize the entire the entire deal uh moving forward you had all your people over there so it's like oh shit what do we do we bring NXT up from Orlando to be a part of SmackDown they did they did it was a very apparently a very last minute kind of decision because they were hopeful that the wrestlers in Saudi Arabia were going to get over here in time which what the fuck they're going to jump off a plane in their gear and hop in the ring <laughs> yeah mean, even if even if they were on this like whatever it is like 17 hour flight or whatever it's they're not going to be in any, any condition to just go to the ring and have a great wrestling exactly. match exactly so they decided to bring in the uh most of the talent uh from NXT in Orlando they got they they chartered them a plane they got a police escort to the arena in Buffalo and but it actually played into what they announced during Crown Jewel is that this year's Survivor Series is three brands. It's not two brands, so it's not SmackDown versus Raw. It's SmackDown versus Raw versus NXT. They made Hunter and Shawn Michaels. They're now the 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 leaders of the NXT faction. For some reason, they cut William Regal out on TV for whatever reason. I know he's over in the UK side. But he makes, goes over there a lot. It yeah. makes zero sense um, in doing that. But, but yeah. now Triple H and Sean are the leaders. Uh, they did a lot. They set up a lot of angles on SmackDown. And honestly, the main event to me, there's only about like three or four wrestling matches on the show. The rest were all angles of WWE guys getting attacked by NXT guys. 
nothing really great. But the main event was Adam Cole versus Daniel Bryan for the NXT World Championship on SmackDown. Okay, I thought that was a really good. It actually went three segments. It was really good, and it got a clean finish. It did. It wasn't an NXT run in like Adam Cole just beat him clean. That's good. And but with Sean on the outside watching Daniel Bryan, they didn't bring up the fact that oh, this is his old coach or whatever, and yeah. he's leading the opposition. So. I'm hopeful that they go the route uh, storyline. Yeah, that they go that route storyline that they and they also disregard. In the past, it was always you had to be champion versus champion. I wish that they could just do inner brand matches, not just champion versus champion. Because a three way between Brock Lesnar, The Fiend, and Adam Cole sounds like a clusterfuck if they decide yeah. to actually go that way. And they're still doing that weird red light shit with Bray Wyatt, too, where his matches are in virtual boy <laughs> well, colors. they did that crap with Kane to begin they with. They did, and yeah. And it was cool. They, in, in WCW, Glacier, who we'll talk about here in a little while, yes. he started out with blue lights. He did. And it was cool. And it, it works. But Bray is a character that does not need it. Kane was a character that needed it. No, I think you can do it once and not on a pay-per-view. I'll and... give you I'll give you three times. Oh jeez. But after that, no. The lighting is is really offensive, so uh but it seems like they're sticking with it. So uh that's the roundup from Saudi Arabia and WWE. Well, my thing of it. We're, we'll finish with this. The fact is then you're you're in, you're promoting NXT. Okay? And then you're on Fox telling people, oh, you want to see these guys? Like you said before we went on the air, you want to see these guys? Go to USA on Wednesday nights. Yeah, they had Pat McAfee in the second hour, and he said something like, oh, if you want to check out these guys, watch USA Wednesday nights. Like, no. No, you don't watch fucking USA any night. You watch Fox every night. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I I felt bad for Fox, but the ratings turned out pretty good. They... They're back to around, I think they drew about two and a half million, which is good for them because the week before they, they got shifted to FS1 because of the World Series and dropped down to 880,000 viewers uh, because fans just weren't going to follow them. And w- I have yet watched a, a Fox SmackDown show. WWE and AEW in general have done very poorly against the World Series. Well, that's over now. Congratulations to the Washington Nationals. But uh, now that they don't have that major sports competition, those ratings will get back to normal. But they were, even Wednesday nights were down to where it was like 700,000 and 500,000 and stuff. So it was really low. But uh, what's the other news from the news desk this week? Oh, man. One WWE cluster fucked to another. WWE 2K20. What the hell were they thinking? Well, um, I bought it. Oh, you bought it. I'm I so have sorry. It. I have. I have. I got the SmackDown edition as well. Apparently, I got Edge, an autographed Edge, but mine is autographed. Oh, okay. Half of everybody else's in the fucking world isn't. So Edge is opening up a PO box. If you didn't get one, send it to him. Mail it. He will autograph it. Send you something personal himself as well. Mail it right back to your address. Yeah, That's, I heard that some of the Rey Mysterios weren't autographed either, and there's been no uh, remedy for that. But um, in addition to the 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 fuck up with the the bonus stuff, because like uh, last year, like it was the Ric Flair edition. Now, if we hadn't gotten our like Funkos or something, that would be 
a major problem because that that edition was like a hundred and fifty dollars or something. Oh, like it that. was. I, well, my SmackDown edition cost me a hundred and forty two dollars with tax and all. Yeah, that that's crazy. Well, this year the development of the game took a turn for the worse because they Ukes who had developed these games since the original SmackDown on PS One, Ukes finally they left. Yeah, they left. So 2K had to rebuild the engine from the ground up. and Your reversal is now, if you're on PS4, your reversal is now um, triangle. Your finisher is now square and X together. Everything is strictly on that. You don't hardly use your toggle switches behind whatsoever. The controls are fucked up. Yeah, they changed the entire control scheme, which wasn't necessary. But the, the, exactly. Now you're going to hate it. You do not get button, button mashing whatsoever anymore. For submission? Your submission is the, the tur- circle game. The circle. That is it. That's what you get. Oh, well, that, that really sucks for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, going forward with um, the glitching is horrific. Horrific. Yeah, there's been tons of gifs on Twitter and stuff I of got all a sorts patch. of glitch. I got a patch that took four and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're two days ago patches. It, it t- two days ago, and it took four and a half hours. I am not exaggerating on that. And the most unbelievable thing about it all is the best part of the game is the Bray Wyatt compound that you made everybody wait till Halloween to fucking get. You got it. It's great. You've got zombie characters. Like, it's all good and everything. Yeah, they went into the fantasy realm this year. And it worked. I will give them their props. It worked. Yeah, that was the one positive, I think, from most reviews is that they... It worked. And it was good. It was really good. Did this. The women's side of the storytelling is not that good. The the video footage of of the these four women sitting down talking about it and everything is is great. Yeah, they got the story mode this year as the four horsewomen. Last year the, was Daniel Bryan. The matches are one of the biggest glitches that you could ever activate on this game. And that seems to be the most important part of a wrestling. I match. would flat out go and pick these women in exhibition, do a one-on-one singles match, and do the match that way instead of going through the story mode. Why? Because you're not going to fucking finish. Even in the compound, I had glitches as well. I mean, I had to restart matches because it wouldn't allow me to go to the next step Right. to yeah. finish the match. That was always frustrating when something was out of your control and you... And so, it just... It's it's a big cluster. They dropped the ball. And you know what you could have done? You could have been open and honest like every other fucking game. Like Red Dead Redemption did. They postponed us two years. You know WWE's not do that, but they could have pushed that shit back till WrestleMania. Yeah, that's what I heard a lot of people saying. Is if a game's not ready, then... Don't force it out. It doesn't there. have to be a yearly release if, if there's problems with it. Then. If it is this bad, it is so bad that there was actual talk of if you had a glitched problem, send it back in, take it to GameStop, whatever. 
we will give you your money back for the game. Yeah, on the earnings report, they even admitted that it had mixed reviews, which, as far as mixed goes, I think IGN gave it like a 4.3. It was bad. And even before that, typically video game companies give out reviewers copies early so that they can post reviews. They didn't do that with this game. That usually tells you it's going to be a bad game. And then even the screenshots they did release, like the character models, like The Rock looks like Maven. Um Certain characters look totally different. Hair dynamic. They still can't Hogan figure. Hogan is darker in the game than he is in person. Well, that takes. Well, they were just being nice because that's what he wants. And I mean, he is tan beyond tan. He's what, like laid right under the sun, out in space, tan. And once again, they 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 toy with these rosters, and so like Vader's not there. And so every year you get drop-ins and drop-outs, and this year it seemed like there was a lot more drop-outs. There was more drop-outs than there were drop-ins. There was... I, hell, I can't think of a drop-in. That was a legend? Yeah, I can't think of one that they added. Like, I mean, I know they added a X-Pop. lot of... X-Pop. That's X-Pop. It. <laughs> yeah. X-Pop. Which we just talked about a few, like a month or two ago. Like, oh, he's he hasn't been in the game in a long time. X-Pop. That's the one. <laughs> Other than that, seriously. Even like I Greg s- Martell, who was just there for one year. Not there now. Not there. Yeah. Uh, Greg Valentine, I don't believe is there. Uh, you got the Heart Foundation. You got Bulldog. Yeah, you got the you got the whole Heart Foundation except Pillman and Owen. You got um, Andre, of course. You got Hogan, Steamboat, Dusty. They dropped the Wolfpack version of Sting for no fucking reason. Why would you drop that? <laughs> that that costs you nothing extra. Like, no. just you still got your three kinds of Taker. Oh, of course, you have five kinds of Charlotte. Holy. F- Fuck, do you not? You have five kinds of Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, and Becky. This shit eats up more space than God had fucking seven days to put the earth together. You have five kinds of Charlotte, five kinds of Becky, five kinds of Sasha, and five kinds of five kinds of Becky Lynch. This crap is outrageously ridiculous because there is a thing called multi-costumes. Right. And there is nothing different between any of the five. Same entrances, same taunts, same moves. Just fucking give them five different variations of costumes, not five different fucking playable characters. And it's ridiculous. Well, they brought Molly Holly in for this year. Yeah, you do have Molly. I won't... Yes. No Von Eriks. No Rock and Roll Express. No um, Fabulous Freebirds. No... You have the go-to handful. Jake Roberts. Dusty. Flair. uh, Steamboat. Savage. Warrior. You don't even get DDP in this year's, though. You don't get Bam Bam Bigelow. No Vader. No Sid. Oh, yeah. Sid's gone. No Valentine. Greg the Hammer. No Rick Martell. No... I mean, you got the the ten basic you get. 
that is in every game. Yeah, you still got Warrior and Savage and stuff. Yeah, you got Warrior, Savage, though you got Hogan back. Booker T, no Stevie Ray, even though they went to the Hall of Fame as Harlem Heat, you couldn't call Stevie Ray and say, let us put you in the That's what blows my mind. Now, I'm hoping you get a Stevie Ray if they do a Legends pack, but that has yet to be announced. And you would think that they would have announced it by now. No, it's kind of frustrating because last year they didn't do a Hall of Fame pack either where... You didn't get Double J. And not even this year. Yeah, we'll put you in the Hall of Fame, but fuck you. That's your night. One thing I read, I think it was from Tatanka, who said that... He's not in it. He's not in it. Yeah, he's not in it because he said that when the roster, when they increase, they bloat the roster, the checks go down. So you don't get as much money. So he said no this year or something because there was going to be more wrestlers or something. So there wasn't as much to get. But honestly, if I was him, why would why would any wrestler say no to free money? to have your likeness in a video game like unless you're in another promotion like also this year because of AEW you're not going to get Gold Dust or Chris Jericho or those kind of guys so they're gone you, you, you did get Goldberg yeah Goldberg is back um he's been in there for what the past three or four years now you got two two stings yeah 99 sting and uh 91 sting or whatever but no Wolf Pack or no modern day version of Sting. <laughs> Which I don't get that. He, the modern day is what was in. I mean, that's what was in WrestleMania. Anyway, I don't. It just. It's extremely. No Dean Ambrose, obviously. Another guy that. AEW. So, like, yeah. You, you lost a lot of people. And. And to my knowledge, there's people that work for the company that are not in the game. They yeah, didn't there, there were some omissions, but this year they did add some people that weren't in last year's game that were on the NXT rosters, like Tommaso Ciampa is in this year's game, Nikki Cross got in this year's game. Those were the two last year that I was kind of perplexed, didn't make it, but they're back. And but yeah, No creative championship belt. Yeah, they forgot to put that in there. No new match types, even though... I mean, would it, would and it, if you try to customize a match, because I like using the old Elimination Chamber, it's a fucking bitch from hell to do. Why couldn't you throw in a Buried Alive match or a Casket match or just something? Inferno match. Well, right. They've got they've got levels with fire in them because of the Bray Wyatt stuff and the zombies and all that stuff. So you got a book that shoots... Uh, magic at people, but you can't have, yeah, an Inferno match. I didn't buy this year's game. Usually you give it to me as a birthday present. Last year I bought it. I bought the, the Ric Flair edition. I ended up selling the Funko and the uh, the codes to whatever the game is, the mobile game. And that basically paid for 2K19 for me to have the all the DLC and well, everything else. There like, had been... I bought it for myself because I'm not missing out on the game. But... I had a feeling it was going to be bad when there had been really no talk about it. They're usually cramming this shit down your throat. It's coming out. Here's the date. Here's this. There were people asking, hey, when's this even come out? Why? Because WWE didn't even promote it. They didn't do a lot of promotion within the show. They had the commercial and the breaks, but they would never acknowledge it. Like, 
usually those trailers were big. That was part of the show. Like yeah. Michael Cole would say, check out the trailer. Here it is. Michael Cole would promote the trailer. They'd air it, and then they'd talk about it. You'd have a big legend that was added to the game, like Return, like when Goldberg returned to the company after being in the game, or yeah. Angle or Warrior being in the Hall of Fame, and all Sting, stuff like that. Like no this, recruit, by the way, which is really... Oh, cool. yes, yes. Well, they had already done away with his theme song, which made me mad. But yeah, this year he's gone. So yeah, you have Bobby Heenan as a manager with about two or three wrestlers that he can actually... Bobby Heenan's not in the game. No, I think he still made it. He's like a he's permanent as far as Well, him and Andre for sure. But Yeah, Heenan is still a manager. Okay. You, have, you have Drake Maverick as a manager and not as a wrestler, even though he does the twenty four seven stuff. Mr. McMahon is a manager, Heyman, Samir Singh, Sunil Singh for um uh Jinder Mahal, and then you have Stephanie as a manager. But then yeah, Legends Christian, China, I guess she's new. Yeah. Uh, Christian, China, Diesel, Dusty Rhodes, Eddie Guerrero, Edge, Goldberg, Hulk Hogan is back, Jake Roberts, Lawler, Neidhart. We got Lawler, which I was excited for. As a wrestler, yeah. It had been a long time since he had been in the game. Uh, Mark Henry, Molly Holly, Razor Ramon, Ricky Steamboat, Piper, Hall, Shane McMahon, Austin, Sting, DiBiase, Rock, X-Pac. That's it. I mean, Triple H. I mean, a lot of these are pretty standard. They're your go-tos, except for Lawler, China, and X-Pac. Yeah. Those are your three. And Hogan being back. Those are your four. Was Beth Phoenix in the game before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. She's so. been in there since she went in the Hall of Fame two years ago. Yeah, so... Or even three years ago. Uh, this year, even before it came out, I knew that I was going to sit this one out. Well, and and like I said, normally I get it for you, but I I even had that feeling. I bought it for the, us to review, and because it is a wrestling game. However, if... You know me. I get a wrestling game, dude. I'm playing that shit for two weeks straight up every day, four hours a day easy. I've picked up the controller three times. Yeah, well, it... It's in... Yes, I have been busy, but at the same time, I have had free time in the evenings to be able to do a couple hours, and I just have no desire to because it's that bad. It would be nice if AEW could get a video game off the God, please... Do they get to use Dusty? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think they do. Can you just call him Dream? Is there ways think, around it? Because they talk Dusty on TV all the time. I'm not sure who Dusty was. Was Dusty still married to Cody's mom when he passed away, or was he married to a different woman? She's probably in charge of his estate, so it's really up to her where his likeness lands in video games, but... Uh, yeah, very disappointing. Back in the day, we had a WCW video game and a WWF video game, and they could be different, and they could mm-hmm. both be good in their own ways or be bad in their own ways. Like, I remember that like WCW World Tour for the N64 was a really good game. It was the first of those THQ, Ukes, AKI games, Aki games. It was really good, but then WWF brought out Warzone, which... 
was good in its own way. It still it had button combinations like old fighting games where oh you want to hit a stone cold stunner that's a left C down C up C and Z button or whatever and it was kind of annoying. But at the same time, it had good voice work. It had their entrances. It so they had good and bad, and but you could have both and just and both were good in their own ways. But not anymore. Or WCW NWO Revenge and. WWF No Mercy. Both came out the exact same year. No, there was... Actually, it was the the chronology, Patrick, is Revenge and then WWF 2000, WrestleMania 2000. The THQ license changed. WWF saw how good they were at making video games for WCW. And when the tide turned in the Monday Night Wars, they, they got the license. So it went Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, and then No Mercy was the final one. Okay. WCW, so that the actual chronology was more like WCW Mayhem and then No Mercy or WCW Backstage Assault, No Mercy, those Electronic Arts games which Mayhem wasn't that bad of a game. They it was it was another wrestling game that you could tell it was released too early that they still had some kinks to work out. Backstage Assault was definitely sent out way too early because I think it it was terrible. EA knew that WCW is about to go bankrupt so let's make some money before they go bankrupt and send it out and that was how it went but uh, all those THQ Aki games for N64 were outstanding but um, even the WWF had variations of wrestling games because they had uh, Legends of Wrestlemania that year and then they had All-Stars like a year or two later. They used to even vary up their own wrestling games, but if you're only going to put one wrestling game out a year at least make sure that Because you had SmackDown, then you had a Raw, then you had um, like, uh, there was a Road yeah, to there, Wrestlemania one year. There was on GameCube, there was like Day of Reckoning. They used to do three Day of separate- Reckoning was a damn good game. Yeah, they used to do like three separate brands through the three separate consoles. Now they only do one. If you're only going to do one, then make sure it's outstanding before yeah. you send it out. Or, at minimum, make sure it's playable before you send it out. Because I'm not going to say 2K19... I wouldn't say any of them have been perfect, but they've been playable. And yeah. it sounds like this year, if you're losing the playable factor, then... What's the point in having What's even it? left? Yeah. yeah. This was your pick this week. I went ahead and did the first episode of Sunday Night Heat by myself... You didn't miss anything, Patrick. The first episode of Sunday Night Heat sucked. I had watched it for us to review, but like I said, there was some personal stuff we were having to handle. Anyway, um, so over text was my pick between you and me, and I picked WCW Uncensored 1997, which is a great show. <laughs> Not sure about that. The tagline for it being, you'll never see it coming, which I think some of it you did see coming, but it was March 16th, 1997, the same month as WrestleMania 13, so the WWF was about to give you Austin versus Bret Hart in that submission match, which is one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history, and you're going to be treated to some matches. It was March 16th, 1997. We're in North Charleston, South Carolina. Horseman country. Uh-oh. Good thing they left Arn and Ric Flair somewhere at home or somewhere else and brought you all the B-list horsemen. And uh, they did it in front of 9,285 people. 
as this was the main event was Team WCW, then Team NWO, and then Team Piper. Uh, which Team Piper, going back to, of course, Rowdy Roddy Piper's big Starcade win over Hulk Hogan, where he put him to sleep, and the crowd was very certain that he won the world title. He did not win the world title because Piper wasn't officially part of the roster. They did a dusty finish, basically. And so on Nitro, none of that ever happened. Forget you saw that. And then Piper... I wondered when you picked this if this was the year that it was Team Piper and stuff, and it was. And this was the Team Piper that he did on Nitro that did so... It was it was awful to watch. So he wanted originally to put together a team of nobodies. And so he went out on Nitro and took about 45 minutes of Monday Nitro's time, stood in the ring and said, Okay, well, I need some people from my team for this match bring them on out and i think you got like me now green in boxing gloves some other jobber john tenta you got like another guy and another guy just random don't like no so he's just picking whoever looks good yeah yeah what he would do is he would like scrum with them for a second and like a couple of times he got his ass kicked by the guys (laughs) like i remember the guy in like mma gloves or boxing gloves like kind of beat Piper's ass down in the ring and Piper was like oh good job good job and then he asked the crowd what do you think of this guy and the crowd was like sure okay that sounds good I remember I, I think I want to watch this night right now I don't yeah I'm gonna include nitro. I think I might include that entire segment in please this do it, please it, well that'll be like 30 minutes of this thing but, I don't give a damn please but I think I remember when John Tenta came out he basically told John Tenta like Okay, yeah, you're fine. We don't need to, like, scrum. You can be on my <laughs> But then a couple of weeks later, after how badly this thing bombed in front of the live crowd and in ratings, like, they didn't they they didn't lose or anything to Raw that night, but, like, they noticed a dip and were like, we got to totally reset this. Yeah. So they kicked all of Piper's crew out, everybody he picked, and then, hey, Four Horsemen, I'll team up with you. Okay, that which made little sense because the four horsemen are employed by WCW. Yeah. So they're going to be on a team other than WCW. Yeah. So but it's not yeah, Arn and Flair aren't included for some reason. So it's Benoit, Jeff Jarrett and Mongo. You know which, how you know how we come back from from not including them? We show a clip that nobody can fucking see inside the arena promoting the four horsemen for the following pay-per-view next month. Yeah, Spring Stampede, a very legendary promo because they're all on ho- the four horsemen are actually riding horses. Yes. And Ric Flair comes up and says, we got a lot of work to do, guys, and the four horsemen charge off on their imaginary ranch. But it's the third annual Uncensored from Charleston, North Carolina, not South Carolina. And... It's amazing that Uncensored made it, I think, to the year 99. I think it was replaced by Mayhem in 2000, but this event was sold on lies. I mean, when you call something Uncensored, that just makes me think it's going to be something different. And Well, uh, you got that in a tag match, but even then, it was... <laughs> even then, when it started in 95, I'm sure it was 
Bischoff seeing the success of ECW and saying, okay, we're going to try and capture... 95 is when they did that fucking cage match at the Doom. The triple or... cage match yeah. at Doom, yes. Yeah, okay, yes. Oh, and they also did that Regal and Finley match where they had blood and zoomed out because they didn't want to show you how intense the fight was or whatever. They It was censored. Uncensored was censored. So, Team Piper will take on Team NWO and Team WCW. The stipulations for each team, very, very weird degrees of what they get for winning. So, if Piper wins, all he gets is a cage match. I don't even think it said that the title was included. He, he does. He gets a cage match with Hogan for the title. Okay. If if NWO wins, then they get the right to challenge for any title. They can they- book. They get the right to challenge for any title they want, whenever they want. And if WCW wins, 36 weeks... 36 months. 36 months of no NWO whatsoever. Which, in retrospect... That if, shit was not happening. Well, no, in re- well, no, that was definitely not going to happen. But in retrospect, it would have been good if it happened. Because that would have meant you sent those fuckers home for three years. And, and they came back... And saved your company... Well, you try to, yeah, they would come back in 2000, which who knows, if without the NWO being there, who knows how it would have fared without them, but you would have at least been forced to know, try. Man. 90 or 98's when it started going downhill for them, so well, yeah, but this na- would have been the perfect 99 time. was the finger poke of doom, so if they hadn't have been there, you could have had the rise of Goldberg and built up your Benoit's and... Chris Jericho's and Eddie's and stuff, and then the W, and then up the clock, the time is up, the NWO is back. What do you do now? Yeah. But yeah, there's no stipulation. And you could have had, you could have had Buff and Conan and all of them come back. It it still just sit Hall, Nash, and Hogan at home. Yeah, well, they would have liked that because uh, they would have gotten paid either way. Hogan, by the way, I didn't think he was actually going to be on this card until he showed up for the main event because I was certain this was one that he got to sit at home. Oh, for. well, this is a great pay per view because you get the worm, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yes. The intro video runs down the entire card basically, but they do a good job of kayfabe because they don't put the images of the NWO wrestlers up there or really even mention them in this so, opening video. So you don't know exactly who you're getting. Yeah, or when they're wrestling or what matches they're in. You know that they're around. But why would WCW include NWO in their intro video? I thought that was a nice attention to detail that quickly went away. The first match is our match of the night. So, (laughs) very disappointing when I heard the theme music of Dean Malenko coming out to take on Eddie Guerrero for the U.S. title. A match that they had in ECW that this would not be probably as good as that one. But it was still... Very good. Um, like I said, match of the night right off the bat. So my interest peaked here and then just went down as the night progressed. As we have mustached Eddie Guerrero with his white singlet and pants. <laughs> and the commentators mentioned he's starting to show a bit of uh, heel. Heelishness. A little, little, little bit of attitude. Yeah, a little edge here for Eddie. Malenko lands a massive shoulder block and Eddie regroups outside the ring. Eddie returns the favor with stomps to Malenko in the corner. Eddie misses a splash to Malenko and he capitalizes with a belly-to-back suplex. Then we cut to the back because fuck this U.S. title match. The NWO is here, guys. So Six, Nash, and Hall have laid out one of the Steiner brothers, though you wouldn't know who because he's lying face down. 
So the commentators then have to tell us, oh, it was Rick Steiner. How do we know that? Just, just take their word. We've gotten word from people in the back. It was Rick Steiner because he was face down. It could have been anybody. What I did like, though, is the NWO is standing around. Hall's like, man, these Steiners have had such bad luck lately. We've just stumbled into this guy in the ground. You guys need to scoop him up or something. Get some help. Get some help. Dean Malenko brings the U.S. belt to the ring and beats Eddie down with it as this is a no-DQ match, and Dean just needed to remember that about halfway through. I did not know that this was a no-DQ match. Yeah, uncensored, by the way. There are matches with rules and matches without rules. There's karate matches where no karate happens. (laughs) There's no-DQ matches where... uh, they actually adhered to the rules tonight, it seemed like, even though there should have been no rules because it's called uncensored. Uh, Dean hits Eddie with a clothesline from hell. It's a bit strange coming from Dean being the face in the match that he went for the weapon first and then attacked Eddie, but whatever. Eddie stops Malenko's assault with a lifted side slam. It looked like a rock bottom. A much better version of the rock bottom, actually. Eddie takes Malenko's leg out with a drop kick and then drops a double axe handle on it and then hits it with another drop kick. Locks in a knee bar, transitions to an STF. We go split screen again to see that Rick Steiner's getting loaded up on the stretcher. This is important to see. So you know at home what's happening in the back. He's going He's going to the hospital. He's done. A local medical facility in 2019. Eddie and Malenko, meanwhile, brawl on the outside of the ring and fling each other into the guardrail. Eddie keeps the assault going on Malenko's knee, then Eddie slaps on a figure four when they get back in the ring, and Dean thumbs Eddie in the eye to escape. Eddie delivers three European uppercuts, then baseball slides Dean into the guardrail. He misses a plancha, though, from the turnbuckle, lands up in the guardrail. Malenko then snake eyes Eddie into the railing. They return to the ring. Eddie lands a tilt-a-war backbreaker to Dean, followed by a power bomb with a bridge that gets a two count. Eddie gets kicked low by Malenko. Then Eddie kicks Malenko in the dick, and then inside cradles him, but only for a two count. Malenko hits a power slam, and Malenko climbs to the top, hits Eddie with a frog splash, his own finisher, and but then pulls Eddie up before the three count. So we get heel Dean Malenko here for a few minutes in 1997, which uh, the, the fool here cost himself the U.S. title but only for a few minutes. Powerbomb attempt is countered with a head scissors by Eddie from Dean. Then Dean responds with a tilt-a-whirl slam for two. Eddie and Dean fuck up a victory roll sequence from the electric chair, but recover quickly, and Eddie rolls up Dean for two. Dean hits a beautiful lifted German suplex to Eddie for a near fall. Dean quit selling his leg at this point. He said, fuck that storyline in this match. My leg is totally fine. Eddie hits a tornado DDT from the turnbuckle and puts on the Texas Cloverleaf to Dean Malenko. So his finisher gets used on him. But the crowd stands at six. Sean Waltman comes to the ring. To let you know, it's 1997. He has a camcorder in his hand, and he wants to steal the belt. He wants to just take the U.S. title. So six... Grabs the U.S. belt. Eddie sees this, gives up the cloverleaf, goes to take it away from Six, the U.S. belt. And somehow Six flings the camera to Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko picks up the camcorder, decks Eddie with it. One, two, three. Dean Malenko just joined the NWO. Just kidding. He just used the camcorder to win the U.S. belt. He just grabbed what was in front of him. He didn't realize whose it was. Right. This camcorder dropped out of the heavens. He didn't realize whose it was or where it came from. He was just in the heat of battle, grabbed it, and used it. Dean leaves Eddie with the camera and takes the belt. So, 
Like I said, it looked like Dean Malenko joined the NWO. This match and the angle backstage and the intro. This took 30 minutes of this three-hour pay-per-view all, to- all together. So. Match of the night. Oh, match of the night, definitely, even though they fucked up some. It was a great opening match, and some of the matches that followed were really disappointing, uh, considering how good this one was, especially the Rey Mysterio match, I thought was a real letdown following this one. Uh, because these two guys, the crowd wasn't totally confused by them. They seemed to know who these two guys were. They were excited by the NWO interference. And there was a title change that was exciting. And yeah, this set up the Eddie and Six Feud that I think would culminate at NWO sold out. So I think that was what we were seeing here. Mean Gene is backstage and teases on the hotline that a WCW star has left the company. Which I thought was funny. Why would you want to brag about that? Why would you say somebody has left our company? But uh, who, who has left? I'll have my speculation in a few minutes on the second hotline promo. Gene brings in Piper, and Piper is pissed off about the match stipulation. He's fired up, and he's talking about a million miles an hour here. As he, He's like, why do I even have to wrestle for a cage match? Why can't I just get a cage match? Piper is pissed off that Flair and Arn Anderson aren't a part of his team. So a good way, team leader, to start off with your I, team. I, <laughs> I love this promo, believe it or not, because Piper is so out of control, out of it. Oh, he's animated, yeah. He has no idea. He's like, oh, well, I'm teaming with you. You told me not to team with him? Well, fuck it, I'm teaming him with him. Like, he just, it was really a good classic Piper very over the top very I hope you put well he even broke out the old you have the questions we change the answers yes yes I I really hope you put the whole thing in here because it is extremely entertaining and one of the best of the entire night you have the answers we change the questions whatever and he's also mad that Steiner's injured even though that Steiner isn't on his team (laughs) so if that team won he wouldn't get what he wanted the horsemen, in quotation marks, walk in as we get Jeff Jarrett, Chris Benoit, and Steve Mongo McMichael with Deborah. Jarrett takes the mic and brings this promo to a screeching halt. <laughs> then Mongo screams some garbage. Benoit just says that Piper made the right decision by taking the horsemen. Every day of my life has been uncensored. What's new about this day? I gotta fight all these guys to get Hogan in a cage? What is this? Are you gripping me, man? A metal cage where you get your face grinded up and down? Just a second. Stand here and talk to me. I don't need to go through this to get you in a cage. But why am I doing this? You know why? I live metal. I eat metal. I got metal in my hip and I ain't talking about the Queen Mary. Speaking of Rodman, I come out of here in my dressing room. There's Rodman. He knocking on the door. He wants to try on the kilt. What's the problem? He wants me in it. I don't believe none of this garbage. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Weren't you? Would you want to say something? Nope. Oh, one moment, please. Thank I, you. I don't much. think Excuse I could. Me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You got horsemen. I got Flair says, I'll be there. No Flair. Anderson, I'll be there. He gone. We got one of the Steiners supposed to be there. He gone. What, I got horsemen? I don't know what horsemen are. Uh, Do they ride mares or do they ride studs, huh? I got guys down there that are a little on the coo And if I'm saying it, folks, I got a legitimate beef here. I got, I got Hogan. I got Hogan. You clone Hogan and Dennis Rodman together. You know what you get? Golly. 
Close enough, Lama. You. you get Fredericks of Hollywood and Hogan. That's what you get. Otherwise, you keep them apart. I got Dennis the Menace down there. I'd have to contend with these guys. I got Horseman. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Horseman, what does this mean to me, huh? Well, horseman, horseman coming on. Hang on. Here's out the horseman. Here. All right, but hang on, hang on. Steve Bongo. Yeah, okay, so wait a second. Let me get this straight. This is the wino. You're the wino, right? Who's well, You're going out with him, right? Or that's your wife, right? Or you're the one that told me I can't trust these guys, aren't you? Admit it, admit it. Uncensored! I said there is some dissension from time to time. What are you, Johnny Cochran? Oh, you ripping? Wow. Don't come out here and instigate, Gene. We're a unit tonight. The four horsemen are backing up Rowdy Roddy. You talk about Mark Men? Yes. These guys, my Mark Men, it's Dennis Rodman, it's Hogan, it's Hall, it's Nash. Those are the boys that are Mark Men. And Piper, I'm going to make a promise. Us three are working as a unit tonight with the real hot rod. Yeah, that means you're working and you're watching my back, right? Not jumping on it. Get it, Rodman? That means, wait a second. Have we compared our differences? Have we, are we all set and square? Are we it. happy, Don't Mongo? Yes. Yeah. friend, Luger, I remember you at War Games crawling off like some car hit dog. You didn't help the horseman that day, brother. And Holly Nash, I can't wait to get my hands on you. I remember down in Bradenton. Hit me in the head with a spray paint can. I like it, it makes my teeth tingle. You posted me. You wrote NWO on my back. So what? Now you got Dennis Rodman, the worm from Chicago, a basketball player. Watch up, Chicago. I'm gonna show you who the icon in Chicago is tonight. Excuse me, I'm not sure where you're coming from. Veins of ice. I need somebody warmed up. I need somebody gonna be out there fighting. I need somebody go out there biting. I need somebody go out there with a little bit of razzmatazz. There's only one reason. You became the icon. That's by making the right decisions. That's exactly why you're standing here. It's the right decision. <laughs> I thought you'd tell me I can't trust these well, guys. Well, I, I didn't mean to say it exactly like but that, but I, there has I, been some dissension. Okay, yeah. Well, well, okay. I like them. If I can't trust them, if they're going to be all over the place, if they're rebels, then I like them. How do you do that thing that you guys right do with here, the thing? Right okay. here. Put that one. Hey, there you go. Four horsemen. Four, 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 four. Hey, you know what? Just every time you think you got all the answers. We change the questions. <laughs> Have a nice day, <laughs> Denny. All right, uh, thank you very much. And uh, the queen of WCW, Miss Deborah McMichael, I was going to talk to you, but apparently we are toting back to you out there. Well, Gene, we don't necessarily have to talk to her. We just need to look at her sometimes. Mean Gene says, well, I'd like to talk to Deborah, but then Tony says, we don't need to talk to her. We can just look at her sometimes. <laughs> so Tony Schiavone ends this promo with that. Oh, As man. On commentary tonight, you had Tony Schiavone, who cared probably about 10%, and you had Bobby Heenan and Dusty Rhodes, who cared 0% about this card. And, and Mike Tanay for... Well, yeah, Mike Tanay for shit they didn't strictly understand. Strictly this last... This next match. He's in for two matches. Actually. Oh, two matches. Okay. Psychosis is out next. He's going to take on the ultimate dragon, not Ultimo. I, I learned something here. Okay. Mike Tanay, kudos to Mike Tanay on this because I had no idea this is really true. I did my checking on it and it actually is. Ultimo Dragon, Ultimate Dragon, whatever the fuck you want to call him, was legitimately the last person trained 
martial arts by Bruce Lee. So that's impressive. That's extremely fucking impressive as hell to me. Yeah, unfortunately, he's got Sonny Ono as a manager who's got a brand new in 1997 digital camera. So we have the second camera of the night that's outdated. <laughs> Ultimo and Psychosis start out the match really slowly. And again, Psychosis has let me down in more of these matches we've reviewed than probably any other Lucha Libre that I can think of. He is just not good at times, and tonight he was not good. Ultimo gets his signature kicks in after running the ropes and Psychosis is reeling. Dusty remarks how slow the match is going, so he's bearing this match right (laughs) off the bat. Ultimo does his headstand kick off the buckle of Psychosis, lands an Insiguri. Dragon applies the camel clutch. Bobby says Dragon takes a rickshaw to get to Mexico, which is very racist and incorrect. Dusty then just keeps shitting on the match, saying, I, they're just too slow. What are they going on tonight about? What are they doing? Psychosis and nails Dragon with a guillotine leg drop directly to Dragon's nose, which I was afraid he broke his nose off this guillotine leg drop. That's his finisher. It only gets a two count, though, here in WCW. Psychosis lands a corkscrew dropkick and a huge suicide dive out to Dragon on the apron and then lands a slingshot leg drop over the ropes to the Dragon, and the crowd is just totally silent. They just saw three super moves in a row, and this crowd doesn't give a shit. They don't give a flying fuck. Ultimo Dragon hits his Acai Moonsault, which is named after him, to Psychosis out on the floor. Then Sonny Ono kicks Psychosis a couple times for a rare time that Sonny Ono actually interferes in a match. A moonsault for a two-count to Psychosis from the Dragon. Psychosis wants a superplex. Both men fuck this up, and it just ends up with a double face buster. Both men try spin-wheel kicks, and they both collide. Psychosis lands a Frankensteiner for a two-count, but Dragon reverses it. A running Liger bomb from Dragon to Psychosis. Then the Dragon hits a Tornado DDT from the turnbuckle, and then a Tiger suplex for the win from Ultimo Dragon, as they clearly had some miscommunication in this match, as I think Dragon wanted to hit his Hurricane Ron out of the corner and win the match, but Psychosis either didn't want to do it or didn't or claimed he didn't understand him, even though Ultimo Dragon spoke Spanish, so it's not like they had a language barrier to get around, so whatever. These two really let me down here. They let the crowd down. The crowd wasn't invested in them because they weren't stars at the time, and also they fucked up spots they really needed to hit. So, yeah. especially following that first opening match, where I mean, they even even Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero fuck stuff up, but it's just how you cover it and stuff. And they they just had no chemistry in this match whatsoever. Yeah, this was this was kind of rough, man. This was this was kind of rough. I I could expect a lot better out of both men, though. Oh, it's one of the better matches you're going to get tonight. Don't get me wrong. But both men were capable of a lot more. Mean Gene is out back on the ramp again and pimps the hotline again and mentions, oh, another WCW star has left. And I assume the wrestler that he's talking about is John Tenta. Because John Tenta, after not making it onto Team Piper, was never seen on WCW TV again. So he was I imagine, seen on WWF just under a mask. Yes, Golga. Uh, that would Golga. be a year later, though. I think. I think the reason they put it on the hotline is because they know he didn't have a deal in place. So if a guy just leaves and doesn't have a job, then we can talk about it like it's a big deal. But so I imagine it was just John Tenta. So he'd spend four dollars to hear, "Oh, Earthquake's not in the WCW anymore." Oh, great! Thanks. Shark what was he? Shark 
Earthquake, John Tenter, Avalanche. Uh, Avalanche. God, dude, they called him like five different things while he was in WCW. Mean Gene welcomes in DDP. Uh-oh. Tony says, hey. This is why I picked this pay-per-view right here. Put the whole damn clip in it. So Mean Gene welcomes in Diamond House page. Tony says, hey, you should join WCW for Team WCW since Rick Siner can't wrestle, which, even after this match, makes no sense why he couldn't have joined. He was assaulted with a microphone, Patrick. It wasn't like he was beaten down with a chair or anything else. That's very true. They didn't mention him being put on a stretcher. They didn't show it. So That's very true. Team WCW could have had a fourth man. Very easily. Oh, man. They could have found somebody. Uh, Yeah, they could have had Dean Malenko, who just just won the U.S. heavyweight belt. DDP wants Macho Man. Macho Man won't acknowledge him because he's... Savage! Yeah. And he's back up the camera. Snap into this and shows the diamond cutter symbol. But the camera gets into his hands again, so he shoves it away. But then Macho Man does show up. He does acknowledge DDP. He's at the announcer's table with Elizabeth and talks oh, about DDP's wife, Kimberly, being I in gotta Playboy. Give me, I gotta give you your props, brother. I had and, no yeah. idea. Which, this, <laughs> I don't know how this is supposed to be insulting. I don't know, but this is fucking creepy as hell. It's really weird. It is. Oh, she's in here with my uh, one of my ex-lovers. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, honey. That's your fucking ex-wife. Of course she knows who you're talking about because you probably cheated on her with her. This Macho uh, man, yeah, so... <laughs> Oh, I gotta give you kudos, brother. Gotta give you a big one-up, brother. I didn't know. You know something, Gino? These people out here, they know my name. They certainly knew there was some hint from our broadcast colleagues that maybe you might be subbing tonight for an injured Rick Steiner in that big triangle affair. Hey, macho! You hear that? The chat of DDP. I came here for one reason and one reason only. To acknowledge the fact that since getting knocked on my coconut by Savage and him jumping into my zone, that ever since I've asked him to accept the challenge from DDP, he has refused to even acknowledge me. So I'm here tonight to tell you, Savage, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Back the camera up. Macho, if you're that much of a savage, snap in to this. Brother, 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 brother! Wait a minute. He's right up here. I don't like this. This is too close for me. I like this good. We're right in here. He's in the house. Hold on, brother. Just want to say something to you. I want to apologize to everybody in this building, to all the zillions of people all around the world. I misjudged you. Brother, you're cool. I got respect for you, brother. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, man, you the man. Listen to this. Elizabeth, 
and the macho man walking through the airport today. And brother, I'll go by the magazine section uh, and I see Playboy's nude celebrities. Check this out. On the cover is an old girlfriend of mine, Pamela Anderson. We did Baywatch together. You remember that, don't you? And Tommy Lee's cool with that. Cindy Crawford's in here. Jenny McCarthy. Don't even go there, macho. No, wait a minute. Don't wait even a minute. go there. You know, One split second in time, brother. I'm saying you're the man. Of all these young ladies and babes that I have known, I know who you are now. Your wife is the centerfold, brother. That's Kimberly in oh, here. Please, this is not the time or the place for oh, that, Randy oh. Savage. You're Kimberly's husband. That's it. That's what you are. That's what DDP means. That's what Diamond Dallas Page means. Brother, I'm proud of you, brother. That's sweet. That centerfold has man. been debased. Hey, listen, man. You're the man, brother. You're the man. He's calling it down, Savage. I like you. There's He's Kimberly. calling I it down. I want to be like you. Uh-oh. He's calling it down. Watch out. Oh, no. Kimberly. Kimberly, look at. Look at Kimberly. She's been spray painted. Look at her. Another what attack. Done? Are you responsible for this? Randy Savage. You just Pearl Harbored this man. Elizabeth, you've done enough damage. Look at all oh my to add insult to injury. Spray painting NWO on the back of Diamond Dallas Page in front of this capacity crowd. Are you all right? You're the man! And you are the man! No, I'm gonna pile drive you back. Get out of here, please. Okay. Paint. Somebody get him. Out. Oh, no. Not again. Get off this. Elizabeth, stop him. Stop him. Oh, let her do it. You see this? She wants to. Oh, what a vixen she's become. Now, this has become one of the most despicable, disgraceful, unbelievable things I have ever. I have witnessed that he's sitting here. People are standing around and doing absolutely nothing. Kimberly. Really, what's wrong with you? You should be thrilled. The NWO loves you. Well, that is not love, in my opinion. Randy Savage, Randy Savage, you are sick. He's the man. I like him. NWO for life. Yeah, I like it like that. Savage has lost his mind. And I don't know how this is supposed to like. I don't know why DDP's insulted by this. These weren't like leaked nudes. These were no. like professionally photographed. He's in the pictures with her. Yeah. So it's like he knew that these were coming out. Like yes. it's no shock to him. Don't go there, Savage. Yeah. So after Macho Man pulls out the Playboy with the pictures, strategically spray painted, perfectly spray painted in WO to cover over- out all the naughty bits. Yes perfectly but it is so fucking 
Oh, he's in there with Pamela Anderson, one of my old oh, She's girls. on the cover. I, I dated her on Baywatch. Uh, just keeping that on the low. Just like, yeah, he's bragging about other women in the... With Elizabeth right beside him. Yeah, Elizabeth, yeah, his ex-wife, which in storyline is not his ex-wife, his current <laughs> wife, but... He probably cheated on, those in all seriousness, let's be real. No, they were divorced by the time he did Baywatch with Pamela, so... Oh, for real? Yeah, because they were actually divorced when they were... Or they were about to get divorced when they got married in the WWF. Right. The, gotcha. uh, the yep. match made in heaven. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So Kimberly then comes out crying because she's been spray-painted with NWO colors on her nice dress. And then Macho runs down and in Mean Gene's words, Pearl Harbor's DDP, which is an old... Uh, Gorilla Monsoon thing from uh, Pearl Harbor back in the day, right? Pearl Harbor him with the paint can, so blast him with the paint can, and DDP is dead from this paint can. Like this is the biggest sell from a paint can in the history of the world. <laughs> this is a pizza box hit. Yeah, Macho wants to pile drive DDP, but Kimberly saves her man by getting on top of him, and she gets spray painted by Macho Man, and then Elizabeth wants in on the action, so. Macho and Elizabeth spray painter, and DDP sold the spray paint like a gunshot as he was down for several minutes. And Elizabeth insults Kimberly on her way out, and that is the end of this. I'm begging you, please put the whole clip in here. It is so fucking hilarious and creepy at the same time because Savage goes ballistic over these fucking pictures that. It is just, what in the hell, dude? Time for a martial arts match. Mortis and Glacier. Oh, man. Who'd have thought? Mortal Kombat here. Uh, Yeah. James Vandenberg, the Sinister Minister, brings out Mortis, a really underutilized manager in WCW. He was. James Vandenberg, as TNA would get years out of this guy. Even though it's a martial arts match, it's still pinfall and submission, Tony tells us, so there's no difference between this and a normal match. Glacier's music starts playing early as Mortis is still taking his shit off, so the music guy fucked up here and then had to restart Glacier's music as as Mortis was not done taking his shit off. Glacier is on his undefeated streak. It all started with a win over the Gambler. Chattanooga's own the Gambler back in September of 96. We're so, still looking for this man. I want a damn interview. Jeff Gann, the Gambler. I want an interview. I'm sure he's working at a warehouse somewhere around here. I've actually... His son was actually involved with one of the things I worked on a couple of years ago, and I should have... I actually... I think I did bring it up by that his... No, I brought it up that I knew the gambler's daughter. I didn't say that I knew the gambler. But I, I've never met the gambler. But as, as I mentioned to you, the gambler, Jeff Gann, when I was a kid, all my friends would tell me his daughter, they'd say, her dad is WCW wrestler. And I was like, bullshit. <laughs> right. I watch this all the time. I, I watch everything. This man. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen that. And they were like, no, no, for real. He's like a WCW wrestler. And the only time I ever saw him wrestle was when I happened to tune into an episode of Pro on TBS where Glacier just happened to be debuting. And when I saw him, I almost marked out more for The Gambler than I did for Glacier. But I was also excited to see the the Glacier's debut. But it just, yeah, okay, all my friends aren't lying. This dude does really work for WCW sometimes. Glacier's entrance here in 1997 still kicks ass. (laughs) it, It is awesome. Yeah. It is. 
I love the helmet, by the way. I don't know why he quit using it. It was it, well, and in his debut, he painted a scar, a blue scar, over his eye, and he used to dye his hair blonde. And the cryonic kick used to be from the top rope, and they got rid of all that stuff over time for what? no reason. I don't know. But I love that they have matching knee pads. I love it when guys, when you have guys designed to be the enemies of each other. Like, the Mountie had the same pants as Big Boss Man in WWF, and here they have the same knee pads, so they're obviously from the same universe. They know each other. Yes. Mortis, not using a lot of martial arts, more like boxing here, as he just pummels Glacier. Who who battled in Canyon? Yeah, Canyon beating Ray Lloyd down with right hands. Mortis, though, gets kicked to the guardrail outside. Glacier, using all his martial arts skills, vertical suplexes Mortis on the outside of the ring. <laughs> then James Vandenberg breaks up the pin. The ref just lets us go, though. It's uncensored, so let it go. This distracts Glacier so much, Mortis baseball slides him into the ring mats. Mortis snake eyes Glacier's off the apron from the second step, which was pretty cool. Then Mortis front flips into the ring to land a clothesline for two. It's weird because he front flipped, landed on his legs, and then hit the clothesline. It wasn't all one smooth motion, so... Canyon, I'll give him his props. He tried shit all the time. He was he always trying shit. He was open for anything. Yeah, Mortis misses a springboard leg drop. He hits a Famouser to Glacier for two. Billy Gunn was probably fuming back at home. <laughs> he tries another one that Glacier power bombs him out of. A tilt-a-whirl front slam from Glacier and a big boot gets a two count. Mortis hits Glacier with a big kick to the head for a two count. Glacier tries to chop off the top rope but gets caught by Mortis with a northern light suplex for a two count. Glacier hits a crossbody off the second rope for a near fall. Mortis then pulls the ref in front of Glacier as he goes for the cryonic kick. Mortis hits Glacier with a cryonic kick of his own, but only gets two. Glacier then hits his own cryonic kick after Vandenberg and Mortis have some miscommunication, and Glacier escapes with his undefeated streak for the win. Then James Vandenberg calls someone down to the ring. It's a big man in a mask who immediately ditches his mask, therefore giving away... His identity, which I thought made no sense, especially because it's Adam Baum, Brian Clark here, as Bobby Heenan says, I've never seen him before in my life. (laughs) Wrath hits his rock bottom, called the death penalty, to Glacier and mugs for the camera. So there you go. Glacier in trouble with two Mortal Kombat baddies are in his life now, so... Tony throws to video of the car wreck where the Steiners were nearly killed by the NWO outsiders who just so happened to tape the whole thing and give it to WCW to play back. And there was no police involvement whatsoever. No, Tony says charges could have been filed, but they'd rather solve it in the ring. Like gentlemen. (laughs) Up next, it's your match of the night. The American males explode as Buff Bagwell is taking on Scotty Riggs. This was your... Favorite match of this, this entire was, paper. I knew this was 100% your favorite match. <laughs> it's a strap match. Bagwell's NWO choker was a definite carryover from his stripping days. <laughs> this is a strap match, a WWF version of a strap match, I like to call it, where you have to hit the four corners to win so it wasn't just beat each other with a strap and get a pinfall. No, it's the four corners thing. Riggs crouches Bagwell in the corner, superplexes him, they exchange chokes and slaps the strap. Dusty just wants the Playboy magazine that Macho had earlier, so he's not interested in this match at all. He just wants to see some nudes. Riggs goes for the buckles, but can only get two before Bagwell stops him. Bagwell says to the camera that he loves himself more than anyone else he can think of. 
Bagwell then goes for the corners and gets two before Riggs stops him. Bagwell Atomic drops him, clotheslines him, goes back choking Riggs with the, the, the strap. Then Bagwell snapmares him, flips him over with a strap choke. Then Bagwell tries to pin Riggs, which is stupid. He just, he knows how to win this match. He's already tried it twice. Then gets into a shoving match with Pee Wee Anderson, who had just returned from his first suspension from Eric Bischoff. Then Bagwell scoop slams Riggs, misses a second rope senton. Riggs fires up with strap shots to Bagwell. Riggs power bombs Bagwell, lands a missile drop kick, goes for the buckles, gets all of three, but Bagwell stops the momentum by locking his legs in the ropes. Riggs then gets thrown over the ropes and hanged by Bagwell. Even though this man could be presumed dead, no one, no, no medical attention, no, the referee's not concerned at all. Bagwell goes for the corners and gets all four, and he hits the last one with his butt just to rub it in that he had no struggle winning this match. Ninety-five percent of offense in this match was Buff Bagwell. At the end of the match, Bagwell says to the camera, and I pulled up the closed captioning to see if I actually, if they got this, but they they left this out of the closed captioning. Bagwell says to the camera, I don't know how many times I have to tell Mr. Faggot over there to stay at home, but he got a good spanking today. (laughs) So there you go. That's the end of the American Males from Buff Bagwell. So they left it out of your... uh... Captioning. If you were hearing impaired, you would have no idea what Bagwell said to the camera, but... Um. Yeah, Buff Bagwell here, an NWO guy getting a clean win over a WCW guy with no help from the NWO whatsoever. He didn't even get the NWO theme. He got the NWO B team thing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. The jobber music from the NWO. So, and when, he didn't have a T-shirt on because I mean his physique's too good to cover up with a well, yeah, T-shirt. Yeah, you can't cover that up. So really. You'd have to, without his choker saying NWO, I'd have no idea he was with the NWO. Was his, did his tights say it? Was it the brake tights with the NWO? No, it remember. was still, he had the the stitching. Oh, it was the, still, it was like the black and white version yeah, of his American yeah. Males yeah, tights. Gotcha. So, we go to a pre-tape from the NWO as I was certain that Hogan wasn't here tonight, but this was just taped earlier. It's the Outsiders with the Mega Powers here. It's Scott Hall and Nash are with Hogan and Macho Man. Macho Man's still got that Playboy. He's just obsessed with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Look at this, brother. And they say they're going to win. Scott Hall calls Piper a fruitcake with a skirt on. And this promo just fucking sucked. And the four of them together couldn't combine for a decent Look promo. at this skirt right here. was... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Harlem Heat is out next, and I swear I thought, did I just, did I accidentally select Uncensored 95 that we watched? Uh, uh, what are we doing here? Here's Harlem Heat with Sister Sister Sherry. It's a tornado tag match, and I was expecting to see the Nasty Boys walk out next, but yes. instead, it's Public Enemy. So, yes, and their dubbed over theme song, Na 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 No Way, on this uh, WWE Network, which originally... When the network first launched, I remember watching some of the WCW pay-per-views, and they didn't dub over their theme songs. Yeah. So this is something they've gone and done since. Why? Then. It sounds too much like they're the song they were trying to rip off, which is uh, the song they used in ECW, which oh. is like an actual song. It sounds too much like Here Comes the Hot Stepper, which is a real song that they used in ECW. They just didn't pay for, and then so WCW just took the chorus, the na 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 part. And then I guess WWE was like, oh, too close to the original. 
don't want to pay for it. So, yeah, no, Public here, Enemy, yeah, on the, the very... Here comes the... The it's called, hot stepper? Here comes the hot stepper, yeah. I'll include a sample of it here. Yes, please. I'm, I'm intrigued now. No, ECW, on that rise and fall of ECW, the very first thing that gets mentioned is Public Enemy. Yeah. So, they, I think they are underrated as far very as... Very much so. Their ECW time, but in WCW kind of took some of the shine off because they were limited on what they could do. Yeah. I love Bubble Enemy. So the bell rings and Harlem Heat just immediately beat them down with all the plunder they brought out. We go to split screen as Sherry helps out and starts beating down Public Enemy. Johnny Grunge uses a toilet lid in the ring that makes Dusty just lose his shit. Dusty Rhodes was so entertained by this toilet. plunder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he explained a few years ago what plunder meant, and this year he, he definitely knew what plunder was. A toilet seat. He got the toilet seat in there, and just Dusty loved it. Sherry and Booker T double-team Rock-O-Rock. Trash can lid shots to Stevie Ray from Public Enemy. Sherry helps Stevie Ray beat down Rock-O-Rock. Dusty laughs over trash can lid shots. He's just laughing. You can't take this match seriously because no. he just he is losing his mind laughing his ass. Then Bobby off. joins in and they both just start laughing over it. So Tony is the only one still calling this like a legit match. Rocco Rock gets a two count with a toilet seat lid shot to Booker T. Stevie Ray gets thrown into the crowd by Rocco Rock. Booker lights up Grunge with trash can shots before Public Enemy puts it on his head and hits him with it. Sherry then lights up Rocco Rock to the delight of Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> Dusty also let me. He loved this match. This was Dusty's favorite match by far. Tony calls a garbage can lid a pizza pan, and I thought Dusty was going to have a heart attack laughing so much because Tony called it a pizza pan <laughs> instead of just a round baking sheet or whatever it was, a pizza pan. Sherry then accidentally hits Stevie Ray with a garbage can lid, but he no-sells it, so it was a legit accident. <laughs> He just doesn't care. The crowd starts chanting for tables. That's all they care about. They, Like we mentioned all the time, Public Enemy just... I mean, the Dudleys stole Public Enemy's gimmick with the tables. Booker T hits a big splash onto Rocco Rock from the buckle, but it gets broken up by Grunge. Public Enemy then gets the table to the delight of the crowd, and Rocco Rock and Grunge go plunging Stevie Ray through the table. The fans are standing as someone comes out. It's Jeff Jarrett and Steve Mongo McMichael. Mongo, Halliburton shots Rocco Rock, and Booker T hits the Harlem Hangover for the win, as it was originally supposed to be Jarrett and Mongo in this match. And so they were upset that they were taken out to be in the main event, I guess, and decided to come out and interfere. And there you go. Harlem Heat jaw with a fan on the way out. So that was something. Uh, uncensored, I would think a more vicious, hardcore match would be in store, but... This was just a laugh. Just have a laugh, guys. Go out there and hit each other with toilet seats. Yeah. And this is something that WWF would do as well, and that's misunderstand a hardcore match in ECW. Yes, I know that in the main event slot of those ECW pay-per-views would be a garbage brawl, and it would be a lot like this, where just people getting hit with random things, but that's not what made ECW good. Like... It's all the other stuff. It's like not having rules can lead to really good matches because they don't have to worry about DQs and stuff. Like, you know, Jerry Lynn can still have a technically sound match and have to use a chair in the middle of it and put someone's blood all over him or whatever and keep going. That's what made ECW good by having those lack of rules, not just plunder matches. Like, 
This this should have been the opening match of the night, I think, instead of that U.S. heavyweight title match because Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero deserve better, and I think it would have kept the crowd invested a really hot match like that heading into the main event other than this plunder match, which was just garbage from Garbageville. Mean Gene runs down the main event. He finally mentions that if the NWO win, they get all the WCW programming, which wasn't the scenario. They didn't get the actual WCW programming. They just got to book whatever title matches they wanted. He's with the WCW group. Scott Steiner gets to start the promo, and I love this because it's Scott Steiner. (laughs) And he fucks it up. Yeah, he starts slurring his words, and he just says, Yay, tell him, Lex. And then Mean Gene goes to the Giant, because Giant was next in the promo order. Giant just puts over Luger and Steiner. Luger then says the NWO trashes, bashes, and thrashes. Luger says uh, they're going to get what they deserve. And he went extra heavy on the baby oil tonight. Lex Luger was slick as hell tonight. (laughs) Mean Gene basically says these guys are gonna lose because they have a three men to four men disadvantage at the end of the interview so you have no hope going into the main event that these guys are gonna win well you know me gene that is the first time i seen my brother carried out in an ambulance and i didn't like it scary but i know my brother and he'll be back nwo scott hall kevin nash like i needed enough any more incentives to want to get in the ring and beat you to a pulp roddy roddy piper Four horsemen, stay out of my face, because I'm on a mission. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, you're not going to be able to hide behind the politics of Eric Bischoff. And I'm going to kick some butt tonight. Tell him, Lex. I wonder how much stroke uh, Eric Bischoff actually has at this juncture. And before, Lex, I get to you, Giant, you at one time were a member of the NWO. Now, as you look across the ring tonight, I'm very curious what, what you're thinking. How do you size it up? I size it up very simply as it's time for a giant to do a little spring cleaning. It's time for me to clean house in WCW. I've gotten to know Rick Steiner very well. He's a hard-headed, hard-bodied, tough individual. A man that can get hit by a Mack truck and still chew the tires off. A mean four-legged dog. And he went out in an ambulance. And believe me, you... You've got Scott Steiner over here. That was his brother, his blood, his best friend. You took him out in a cheap fashion like that. I'm telling you one thing right now. We're going to get dizzy from all the suplexing that's going to be going on with this big man right here. And you know when I get in the ring, I'm going to start choke slamming left and right. And then the total package, well, he speaks for himself. He's got the look. He's got the attitude. He's got the brains. It's all over. It's time to do some rocking, some choke slamming, and some suplexing. You know, the fact of the matter is, Lex Luger, that it's going to be just the three of you against, uh, well, I don't know if they're insurmountable odds, but both of the other teams will have four men each on their squads. You know, Gene, to put this whole thing in proper perspective, this is more than just a plain and simple wrestling match. This is about society. 
this whole anti-establishment trash that is espoused by the New World Order since they've come on the scene. They have trashed, bashed, thrashed each and every one of us in their own way. They have no respect for authority, for society as a whole, and all the youngsters out there who watch our great sport, all the past champions from the National Wrestling Alliance all the way to the present World Championship Wrestling. There's a lot of tradition, a lot of honor, a lot of injuries, a lot of titles have been defended with honor. They have no honor. So we come together tonight with everything on the line. Adversity has brought us three together. The Giant, myself, and Scott Steiner. Rick Steiner is there in spirit. Adversity brings us together. It makes us stronger. It makes the bond all that much greater. And Gene, I have never been more prepared. I know the Giant and Scotty Steiner have never been more prepared for a wrestling match ever in our careers. We can talk all about it here for as long as we want. But the words are done. It's time for action, and action's what's going to happen. I thank you very much, Lex Luger, Scott Steiner, the Giant. These three men are going to be going into combat here tonight in this highly unusual triangle match against uh, two other four-man teams. And, Tony, I think that just out of the chute uh, presents quite a problem for this particular team representing World Championship Wrestling. I am concerned. Sorry, did I say the main event was next? I meant to say Rey Mysterio is next to take on Taff Cappy, or Prince Iakea, who would later become the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea, and Rey Mysterio is out in his Spider-Man gear. Taff Cappy, is that his real name? No, that's not his real name. That's just short for the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea. But I thought that actually he was a character as that one time no I don't know what his real name is oh, I'm okay. too lazy to look it up Mike Tanay is back for this one because the announcers don't know these people <laughs> Prince IK hits a Samoan drop to Ray but gets countered into a springboard splash Ray hits a springboard 360 senton for two Prince IK goes for a razor's edge but Ray Hurricane Ron is out of it another 360 senton out of the ring to Iakea from Ray Ray then Iakea powerbombs Mysterio as he tries to get into the ring. Iakea hits a springboard planche out to Mysterio on the floor, flings him to the guardrail, misses a crossbody from the guardrail, and almost smashes his own face into the steps. Mysterio then hits a split-legged moonsault off the ropes for a two-count. Ray bulldogs him off the buckle for a two. Ray hits a lion salt for a two. Tanay calls it a cabrada, and the commentators give him shit for actually calling it what it is. A cabrada? What's that? Cabrada. Ray hits a sunset flip powerbomb off the buckle for a two count. Ray misses a senton splash from the buckles. I.K. gets back up, hits a running leg drop. A northern lights to Ray for a two count. Prince I.K. a powerbombs Ray but only gets two. Ray stops a springboard nothing from the Prince with a drop kick. I.K. lands a blatant low blow, goes back on offense. They both drop kick each other in the dick. Ray hits a twisting aerial attack from the buckle and the time limit expires. And Ray celebrates despite not covering Iakea, thinking he had won, but no. So Prince Iakea retains the belt to booze as a time limit expires on this TV title match. Ray says, I want some more time. And Prince Iakea, in the first in history, says, okay, fine, sure, let's do it. So the crowd is mildly behind this, as I think they just wanted to get on with the night. Ray wants a handshake and gets a light one, and the match restarts. Ray hits a springboard leg drop for two, boring chance from the crowd to a Ray Mysterio match. As Ray head scissors IK out of the corner, Ray hits a springboard Hurricane Rana. IK reverses the pressure, though, and covers Ray for the three count. 
Why restart the match if Prince IK is just going to win again? Yeah, I don't get that one. Why have Ray take the clean loss? Mike Tanay sounds so disappointed in the finish, as he knows that Prince IK is shit, and Ray Mysterio's, I don't know, either the greatest or second greatest cruiserweight of all time, depending <laughs> on who you ask, so... <laughs> We get the Spring Stampede promo, the one that you mentioned, with the horsemen on horses. Very oh. literal. It's time for the tag team turmoil match. Michael Buffer is tasked with introducing all the rules and the teams. So, so okay. And this takes ten minutes. Short story. This is short version. Cliff notes if you're in school. Whatever. Uh, this basically is war games without a cage. And without yes. And you can get eliminated by over the top. Over the top rope or pinfall. Which I didn't realize because I skipped over most of his rule stuff. So when the giant got eliminated, I was like, what? What the fuck just happened? We just made this up as we went along. Chris Benoit is out first because he's the only worker in this match that could actually go the distance. (laughs) Then it's Scott Hall. Then the giant is out to Lex Luger's theme, which I thought was a little insulting. Giant didn't have a theme. Oh, right, because he was out of the NWO. He wasn't in the Dungeon of Doom. So, yeah, he just walked out to Lex Luger's guitar music. Benoit and Hall brawl before Giant even gets to the ring. We get the fallaway slam to Benoit. Then Giant slowly makes it to the ring. Double clotheslines them both. Headbutts them together. Giant dominates both men as time ticks down, including a scoop slam to Hall and a big clothesline to Benoit. Giant just runs over these guys. Hall slows him down with a sleeper, but Giant rips him down, gives Benoit the choke slam, so he's already hit his finish. Then he uses the Magna Claw on Scott Hall to a big reaction from the crowd, but he shoves him off and misses a big splash to Hall in the corner and goes over the top rope and is eliminated somehow. As I mentioned, I didn't realize this was in the rules until Giant alerted me to it here. (laughs) So Team WCW is down to two men right off the bat. Jeff Jarrett is out to help out his horseman brother and Chris Benoit, but then Macho Man and Luger come out. There's no timer anymore. They've given up on the timer stipulation. But then it reappears magically, and then Scott Steiner, Nash, and Mongo are all coming out. So they've totally forgotten about this timer thing. <laughs> Scott hits a beautiful double underhook suplex to Hall. Hogan and Piper come out last. Jeff Jarrett gets tossed out by Nash. Mongo tries a powerbomb on Hall and gets eliminated, so the Horsemen are down to one, WCW's down to two, and NWO still has all four. Piper finally comes out last. Hogan comes out with Dennis Rodman. Hogan refuses to get in the ring, which is apparently fine. Piper takes a chain to Macho Man as they brawl around the ring. Hogan finally gets in, and Piper and Hogan brawl up the aisle. Piper gets eliminated by Rodman. So Piper isn't even the last eliminated on his own team. No. He gets eliminated by the worm, Dennis Rodman, who pulled the ropes down. So the only person left on his team is Chris Benoit. So it's down to the Outsiders, Luger, and Chris Benoit. There is so much fucking security and police around Rodman. I'm sure, yeah. He He's almost, a big star. He almost couldn't even do what was he needed to do. Because there was so much security surrounding him. Nash helps Hall pick up Benoit for the outsider's edge as Hall almost fucked it up and dropped Benoit (laughs) in his head. Nash helped him, though. Benoit then gets tossed out, so Piper's team is eliminated. So if you wanted to see that Piper versus Hogan match, fuck it. That's over. Now it's four NWO guys, all four members of the NWO versus Lex Luger. (laughs) 
1997, I'm not bullshitting you. This is what they booked for the end of this match. Luger tries a comeback on the NWO, and to their credit, this worked. Until it didn't, of course. <laughs> a torture rack to Macho, he taps out. Nash gets thrown over the ropes. Then Hall is racked and taps out. So Lex Luger has single-handedly taken out three of the four NWOites, brother. And it comes down to Luger and Hogan. He racks Hogan, but Macho Man runs in, sprays him in the eye with the paint can that Rodman gave him, and Hogan then just falls over on Lex Luger and wins the match. And so the NWO can have a title shot anytime they want, despite having three titles already. They can have the other two anytime they want. Because they won the match. They spray paint Lex Luger and then Grandstand and Hot Dog. And then Sting, who had, I guess, not done this a lot. Or this might have been the first time, I'm not sure. Descends from the rafters. Even though this match is over. It would have been nice if he was the fourth guy in Team WCW. That's what I was thinking. What? Why not throw a curveball and be like, oh shit. Even if he had descended during the match... And given some, given WCW, gave an, offense, gave an offense, and then just left, and then hooked back up and went right back. So you still don't know where his. I yeah. mean, you know he's anti NWO, but he's not pro WCW. Yeah, and here he's not definitely not pro WCW because he watched him lose the fucking. Well, match. he could have fucking took out WCW as well if he went in there, cleaned house, okay, and just left Hogan outside with Rodman and just call, you know, sit there and pointed the bat said to hell with it, hooked back up and went right back up, that would have been awesome because he's right in the middle of the match. Luger could have crawled over, got a pin, one, two, three, bam, you're out. Luger could have, you know. Well, I just think it was booked. I mean, with the stipulation with the NWO not being able to wrestle for three years, we knew that wasn't going to work. So, okay. Then have Piper's team win. Benoit gets a fluke win. Yeah. And Piper gets his cage match, which you would get anyway, basically. So You're going to get it, yeah. So just give that, and then the NWO still gets all their... They don't lose anything by losing this match, but they yeah. just had to win it because it's Hogan, and he can't lose anything. He can't lose fake wrestling matches. WCW not being able to find a fourth person is pretty fucking embarrassing. I have to say, when you are the WCW putting on this pay-per-view, when... You had tons of people earlier. You couldn't have called Rey Mysterio, who had beef with the NWO. He got spiked into a trailer. No, we're not going to ask him to do this. We're not going to do anything. Um, I totally... Oh, sorry. Out of all this rundown, I realized I didn't even mention Scott Steiner's involvement, how quickly he was eliminated in this whole thing. Like Anyway, so he was in the match at some point. I, he did nothing. Uh, he didn't even make my notes. So He was in and out and boom. So Sting comes down for the rafters for, like I said, what a fucking idiot here. But the crowd, to their credit, this worked. The crowd for the crowd at home, for the crowd, for the crowd in the arena, this worked. They yeah. were fucking thrilled about this. Because they're saying Sting. Yeah, he bats all the NWO. He Scorpion Death drops Macho Man, Hall, and Nash. But Hogan and Rodman just stand on the outside and watch. Finally, Sting points the bat at Hogan. And I was going to say we go out, because that's what I would end on. But no, Hogan takes him up on it. <laughs> Fucking comes in there and gets the a scorpion death drop. And that's how we go out, with Sting being better than all 12 men, or well, 11 men in this match. Um, Sting is the best, even though he didn't get to wrestle. And he didn't care about WCW. And he didn't care about Roddy Piper. And WCW didn't care about WCW. So, 
if you take away this main event and restack the card and just have the main event be Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero and take away, erase from your mind for a minute that it's WCW and you have guys like Hogan and Piper and Flair and all these old classic stars. Like, if you put this card on ECW without this main event, this would have been and had that U.S. title match as the main event for, like, the ECW title. That would have been one of the most unforgettable ECW shows of all in time. history. But because it's WCW and you have the star power, and you also put in that Mortal Kombat show with Glacier and Mortis, who I love secretly as a kid. That was I like that because I played those games and stuff. But if you take that away and you take away the main event, I think it would have been fine. And restack it in a way that makes sense. Even with that plunder match... For people that like garbage brawling, that's a that's a great match. Yeah. But this main event just fucking sucks, man. This main event is rough. At least they gave Luger some kind of rub, even though he still gets pinned in the end. Like that build to his one week title run was still one of the best things WCW did in early '97, before Goldberg came in later in the year. So, but of course they had to fuck that up too because Luger was damaged goods when he came into WCW in '95. I mean, but here they're building him. I mean, he just took out three of the four top guys in the NWO. And yet still takes the pinfall. So, outside of the main event, Patrick, I really enjoyed this show. It's easy to get through. There's not a lot of uh, filler in there. I wish that DDP had been part of the main event. Why even do the Rick Steiner injury angle? I mean, why even do that? Bait and switch for no reason. Eric Bischoff. Thanks again, buddy. Because I think this could have been a really good pay-per-view. Especially going up, like I said, it was a couple weeks before WrestleMania 13. And it could have been a very good show, even though you didn't have a title match or anything. Um, Yeah, just uh, outside the main event, I think it's a thumbs up for me. But because of the main event, I think I'm going thumbs in the middle. Are you? Yeah. What did you think of this show, Patrick? You picked it. it, I liked it. I enjoyed... God, I fucking loved DDP and Savage. That was the best five minutes of this entire fucking pay-per-view, in my mind. Because creepy-ass Savage. Well, it set up the Spring Stampede. It set up the main event for the next show. Exactly. Because Hogan wasn't working the next show. It just, it was great. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Loved Public Enemy and... Harlem Heat hated Riggs and Buff. That that match, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That match Already. was terrible. Uh, I liked the Mortis and Glacier. I liked Psychosis and Dragon and Malenko and Guerrero. I'm with you. Take out Riggs and Buff. Take out the main event and restack this backwards, where Ray and Prince Ik is the first match out. Public Enemy. Or next, you would do Mortis Glacier. Third, you would do Psychosis and Dragon. Fourth, you would do Public Enemy and Harlem Heat. Then do your your two-bit situation with DDP and Savage. Then go into your main event with Malenko and Guerrero. That's how I would have booked it. Yeah, I think that would have been better. <laughs> that would have been much better. You wouldn't have had to restart the the Ray match. You could have just had given them more yeah. time, even yeah. though Ikea was not in his league. Um yeah, so as far as pay-per-view standards though in 1997, like that Spring Stampede show next month is probably the best pay-per-view of 97. Yes. Like top to bottom. There's 
Like that's the thing about WCW, and even in their good years when they were beating WWF, the pay per views were not always very good. Yeah, and uh, this this show almost it had a chance to get there, but it just it couldn't. It wasn't near as bad as Sold Out, and it wasn't near as bad as Starcade or some of the other atrocities they put on in 1997 or in 1998 for that matter. So. I'm not going to say it's the worst uh, of 97, but it's it's just a mediocre show. It almost feels like a clash of champions or something. Yeah. On our rating scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where do you put WCW Uncensored 1997? Glacier. Going to give it a Glacier. I am going to give it a Mortis then, because I think we're right there. and uh, We're in agreement that... It was okay. It was alright. It was it was what it was with what it was. That's the best way of putting it. I'm going to pick a pay-per-view from also from 1997. Uh-oh. We're stay in 97. We're going to go to September 20th in the WWF. We're going to go to one night only in England, in Birmingham, England, where the British Bulldog was going to get to headline another show in Great Britain. Unfortunately, this one would go... Exactly the opposite of how his 1992 SummerSlam main event went. <laughs> as he would have to face Shawn Michaels, who had a lot of booking power at this time. Uh-oh. With China, Triple H, and Rick Rude ringside. Uh-oh. In a very underrated match in the co-main event. Another instance of where the, the European title main evented over the heavyweight title in this pay-per-view. <laughs> as Bret Hart took on The Undertaker in a very good match as well. So... There's a lot to like on this show. I agree with going overseas in this one. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Full, bring it full circle Even though, to the well, start. <laughs> bring it full Britain, circle to Britain the start. Britain and the United States have a bit of a checkered past, too. But, uh, <laughs> bring it full we, circle we back over. to the start there. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I loved watching this. I don't remember a lot of the matches because it's been a, quite a very long time since I've watched it. So I'm I'm pumped. Alright, as always, you can go to powerslam.tv, use the promo code retro. As always, go to powerslam.tv, use the promo code retro wrestling, and get a month for free. It's only $5.99 now. They've come down on their price, and the quantity of wrestling there is still, uh, I think they're over 7,000 hours now. Yeah. So you can uh, spend a long time yes. at powerslam.tv. That'll do it for this week. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. And bingo, bango. Two times, Hogan, we meet. Two times, you sleep. <laughs> but, I, but I do got to admit, Savage coming in there was a wee bit of a surprise for me. I heard right now more than a piece of roadkill. And I think to myself, I think, you know, they cloned two monkeys. One name's Hall, one name's Nash. Everybody's talking like they're afraid of the NWO. I'll tell you something. I got one family lives on a mountain, Portland, Oregon. I got another family, and that's you folks. All my life you've been raising me. Wow. 
Last time when I was going to the hospital and they were strapping me down, I was rambling and I said, well, no, I want to bite a walk. And I'll give you the translation of that. That means we're not home till the battle's over. If you notice, as Hogan walks in the building, hair is rapidly falling out what he's got left. That's because the war is about to begin. Here we go. I am going to make a third family, but I'm not going to contrive a family. I'm not going to contrive a kin. They got six guys back there right now. I must be nuts. You know that time in Alcatraz? All I did was talk to El Capone and get bird poop put on my shoulder. I'm going to take these six guys on one at a time. Oh, like tonight? Who knows? And I will let you decide who's going to be my kin, who's going to be my third family by either giving it the thumbs up or the thumbs down. You know what Icon stands for? I cower over nothing. So I got no more to say. Six guys. I must be an idiot, man. Well, apparently, he's, he, has he accepted the invitation? Hello, McFly! Hello, McFly! He's accepting this invitation, apparently, gentlemen, and is picking his team, and he's going to have a tryout right here. Who knows what that man's up to? All right, boys. Bring him on down. He's got six men, and he's going to give them an opportunity tonight to be on his team for Uncensored. Who could these six be? I have no idea who that is. Big guy. Boy, he sure is. What a test. What a test this is going to be. He's going to try these guys on for size and see what they got? Yes. The guy went for the leg of Piper and... You are witnessing another first in our sport. This is unprecedented. You're, you're seeing Rowdy Roddy Piper's tryouts here. He is wrestling individuals. And... Well, he's got the arm behind him. He's got him all tied up. Boy, it's almost like what, he's got like a chicken wing on and... Hammerlock variation, almost. Did the man give up? I guess he did. Piper's back up. Up or down? The fans say thumbs down. All right, so there's one. He tapped out. Well, you're not kidding. He was intimidated from the get-go. One individual, and he's 0 for 1. I mean, these are guys literally coming out of the woodwork here. I mean, usually on the highway here, they got a bunch of guys in these white uniforms. I, you know, I, I thought, I said, you know, we were seeing some odd individuals. Boy, this is a big guy. 
Now Piper likes that. He'll like it to have a little spunk. And the guys, boy, the guys saw it. Wow. How about those knees? And a big left hand. I don't know who this guy is, but he's taking the fight right to Piper. And Piper absorbing everything he has. Take Samanich tonight, you creep, and sleep. He's out. He's out. All right, thumbs up or thumbs down. Up or down. Get the alarm clock out. Leave a wake-up call. We've got another thumbs down, and we'll wake him up another day. Well, that's two down. That's two down of the six that Piper said were back there. And this poor guy needs some help. Yeah, here comes another one. This is really bizarre. Bizarre, yeah, thank you. Thank bizarre. You thank you for that word. Thank you, Bray. Don't mention it. Oh. Ooh, what is this? Some guy with boxing gloves just decked one. Huh. Have you ever seen anything like this? Never. No. It's going to be a nitro that's remembered for years. Don't leave the set. This is the third one. Fourth one, right? Does I guess Piper the, have gloves? I guess it's the uh, fourth one because the third one was KO'd from behind. Piper's got gloves on. He used to box. Yes, he and did. He puts those gloves on. I saw him knock Mr. T all the way across the ring one they're, time. There are smaller gloves, as you can see, less padding on them than his opponent. And we've got a boxing match going on here. And Piper's getting pummeled. Yeah, he's getting pummeled, but look at him in the corner. He pushes out, and Piper... There's those fast hands of his. Oh, wow. explodes! Nobody fights back like Piper. And the guy bounced right back up. What a Donnybrook we've got here. It's not Riddick Bow, is it? Oh, he bounced back. Oh, he... Piper's decked again. He could get a lucky one in there and knock Piper cold. Hey, this guy's pretty tough. Sure is. Oh, oh the left cross in the jaw. Oh, nailed him with the right. Yeah, oh. the temple and down he goes. The guy bringing Piper down. And the boxer brings the wrestler now down to the canvas. Don't see that much. And he's pounding on the back of Piper. Piper trying to get to his feet. What Sugar Ray Leonard should have done. Right to the jaw, the guy on his knee. He's back up. Piper's one tough customer, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, you're not, and so is this guy, too. All right, wait a minute, what do we got here? Piper calls for a stalemate. Is that, what is he doing, asking to hit him again? Piper is saying, give me your best shot. All right, toe-to-toe -to -toe again. Round number two. Yeah, that's what it is here, Mike, you're right. Once again, fans, this is basically a public tryout. Piper looking for teammates to be the third team at Uncensored as WCW and the NWO will collide. And Piper is in trouble. You're not kidding. This guy just keeps coming at Piper. He's not going to let go. Look at him. Uh-oh. Boy, he decked him at, and he gets back up. Piper's hit him with some good shots and knocked him down a few times. He's getting back up. 
Piper calls time. I don't, I guess he, was he kind of like this guy or what? He likes the guy's aggressiveness. Yeah, gonna shake his hand, why not? I have no idea who this gentleman is. He has a never say die attitude, that's for sure. Piper, the showers. Piper gave him a thumbs up. He gave this guy a thumbs up, and this guy is apparently going to be on the team. I tell you, you got to give the man credit. He kept bouncing back up. And Piper's looking for a microphone here. You know what? You got a lot of gonads, kid. I think you're being a little too harsh. Let's try her one more time. Oh boy. You know, it, he loves to fight. I mean, he wants to fight. Oh, they're gonna throw the gloves away. Kind of like, like a hockey game now. Toss the gloves in on the ice and pound it away. They just bowled Piper right down to the mat. We have never seen anything like this in the history of our sport. And you're watching history as Piper looks for his teammates for uncensored. We have to get this guy's name because Piper likes him. Piper likes the guy with fight in, there's no doubt about that. And I think the fact that the guy was decked by Piper repeatedly and got right back up says a lot about this guy and he's gonna be Piper's teammate. So we've got one. You know, I haven't even heard how many members are supposed to be on a team or, or heard anything. Well, I guess they're still back there working on all the details right now. We, we, look at this guy. They Whoa. keep getting bigger. Oh, boy, do they uglier. We do understand that the executive committee are still discussing this new situation, and they're going to have more meetings. It will be held tomorrow morning. We'll have more information on exactly how many men will be a part of this team. And Tony, this guy's barefoot. Barefoot and tattooed. What a combo. But we've seen wrestlers and boxers out to challenge Piper. Barefoot and tattooed. Sounds like the winner of the Miss Kentucky contest. Oh, that's oh, nice. Man. Now it's uh, time for the martial artist to take a swing. Sure is. Oh. He's getting him good right in the face. He's measuring Piper. Oh. Piper tries to waist lock to take him down. That's the best thing he could have done. Stay away from the distance so the guy cannot measure it. And now Piper, how about this? You realize Piper's just fought four guys so far? Yes, I do. In the last couple minutes? Yes, I do. And this big guy is over Piper choking him, but he let Piper up, which may be a cardinal mistake here. Piper won't like that. He missed that one. Piper fights back with kicks of his own. Scoop. This big guy's got Piper up on top. Piper's in trouble. He's in real trouble. He. Oh! Tied him up. It's again, like you said, this martial artist, Mike, making a great showing here. You know what we have may have come out of this is some more superstars on the horizon in our sport. Developed by Roddy Piper that, on Nitro. That's right. Oh. 
Little poke to the eyes will end that. That's the great equalizer. And a right cross to the chin. Oh. Well, the guy absorbed him again. Hyper and this guy are going toe-to-toe, oh. -toe, repeated combination. Oh. Put him in the ribs. He's out of gas, though, the big guy. And it's amazing that Piper can still stand. Well, he's not standing anymore. The fourth guy. Only a matter of time. Piper will get on his feet. Oh, oh. That'll change your week. And first goes the big guy again. Piper. Oh, boy. Pick up. Over the top. Up on top is Piper. Where does he go with it? He may try to throw him out here. He's picked another one. Look at Piper. He's having a rough time. Piper's got him, too. But he won't quit. Piper will not quit. I know that well, man. He's calling for someone else to come out from the back. Well, maybe got, a half dozen's not enough for him. We've got a boxer. We have a kickboxer. And we've got the big man. And remember, John Tenta, as he heads to the ring, is a former sumo star in Japan. John Tenta, and the first time we've seen the big 500-pound man in a long time. And he knows what to do in that ring. A lot of confidence here from Tenta. And Piper, Piper going to go after him? Oh, yes, he is. Piper. Combination blows and Tenta now. Oh, boy, here's a big sledgehammer. Back of the head. Choke slam. Or at least choked him, picked him up. And now, every member of Piper's team is trying to attack the big guy. Hey, Piper just stands back. He likes it. He likes what he sees. Yeah, he sure does. It's my kind of neighborhood. We got three fighters in there with Piper. And Piper, I think, has got his team. He gave a couple of thumbs up. Piper likes that fighting spirit that's been the trademark of his career. Right about that. Piper's got three team members here, guys. Piper's fighters. And the rowdy one's got the mic. I think the rain in Spain has fallen. This now is the family. This now is the war. Hogan, you want war? No offense. Oh, no. No, not at all. You got war. You know what NWO stands for? No way out. Hogan and the NWO and even WCW beware because Piper has his team. As we said, a boxer, a kickboxer, and a former sumo wrestler. All led by Rowdy Roddy Piper. All led by the wildest man this sport has ever seen. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.